Hey yo, what's good, what's good, what's good? Welcome to Reflections of a DJ, the Road Podcast presented by DJ City and Beat Source. This is the LA edition of Road Podcast. We are in Beat Source's offices in LA. What is this, like uh, West Hollywood? East? West, West Hollywood. Hollywood? West. We're in West Hollywood. Over the past five years that we've had this podcast, we've talked to many DJs. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the DJs from Cali have never not mentioned yeah. these guests that we have these here. These gents. What? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, these, these. this is like... Um, Radio royalty we have in the house right now. Yeah, without a doubt. It's over 30 years of, of history in radio. Yeah. Um, I know they've influenced generations of DJs, artists. They affected the whole city of LA. Found some good ones too. You know, and we're, we're I don't know how we got them on this podcast. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. We got to give a shout to Samson for getting them Brian, on this podcast. Brian Samson, yeah. we love you for this. Man. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what they owe him yeah. to, to get <laughs> on this podcast. What he, what he got on you guys? <laughs> what you guys to be on here? The video. It's the video. Yeah. <laughs> Leave it at that. But we are truly honored for these guys to come on our podcast and be here late at night. And they got they got a morning show. And they're here late at night. You know, we're honored that you guys are Thank here. You. Big shout out to the Baker yeah, boys, Thank Nick V, Eric V. What's good? You guys. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you guys, I mean, so here's here's the, I, I got to be completely frank and honest with you. Uh, I'm crooked and never, we're, we're from New York. Yeah. And, you know, D and Jamie are from LA. Yeah. We've heard of you guys. Yeah. But we don't have any experience of how, you know what I mean? Yeah. All right, so I'm going to just set it straight yeah. right now so you know. Yeah. Because you are from the East Coast. Yes. So you heard of a thing called the Roll Call, right? The Roll Call. Yeah. Hot 97, Ed Lover, I Dr. Love Dre. It. Yes. That was from us. Wow. So oh, you shit. started the yes. Roll Call. Well, actually, it was originally started from in St. Louis from another DJ. We just took the idea and made it better. Mm. We flipped it. Okay. <laughs> we took the sampled it. Yeah, we took the. Maybe we flipped hit. it. You know what I mean? Because our friend. So was is Ed Lover going to say that about y'all? No, he, tell, he, yeah. already, he already put it out there. Wow. He already admitted it. It's like, that came from them. Oh, shit. But then we took the billboards from them. So it was kind of like we were doing this sharing. thing. Sharing. Yeah, we were sharing. So it was our sister station. We were at Power 106 in LA. Yeah. And, um, you know, our boss was telling us we need, need to come up with a benchmark to be on the radio to go against this guy named Poor Man who was on K Rock. He had Loveline. It's the biggest shit on the radio. And Wait, what, what was Loveline? Loveline was like, you know, mental sex. Mental health talking. Mental health, mental health, sex advice, all kinds of shit with the doctor. So it was a legal thing so they can use words like penis, vagina, and all that stuff because it was legal terms. Right, right, right. Or, um, you know, all the medical terms. So anyway, uh, so uh, one of our friends, A-Love, a- Adrian Miller, had told us about this idea about this uh, DJ from St. Louis that was doing this kind of callback thing. Uh, I think his name was Dr. Funkenstein or something like that, right? Um sure. So he was he was telling us the idea. He's like, uh, he would do like a callback with the listener, and he'd be like, "Yo, what's that school with the golden rule? Dun 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 dun. What's that teacher? Dun 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 dun. dun. Mr. Johnson, Mr. Johnson." So I was like, "Man, let's just take that and flip that." So what I would what I was doing, I was like, you know, what I always remember about hip hop records, the beginning of hip hop records, or in certain records, there was always one for the trouble, two for the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's what we started it with. And then we just came up with who, what's, uh, uh, what's, what's, what's uh, one for the trouble, two for time. It's, it's the roll, roll call. Who's, who's on, on that line. line? And then you got two bars. So we could do the roll call right here. We just yeah. want to do that. If I'm somebody, not a good rapper, but <laughs> got to come over one. <laughs> but anyway, the top of your dome. Anyway, so that's how we came up with the roll call. We made a demo and then showed it to our boss. And he's like, there might be something here. Let's, let's roll with it. Let's right. see what happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we were on at uh, night's. Within uh, eight months, we were in the morning show. Yeah, you were doing so, like you were doing Friday night flavors, right? Friday night, Friday flavors. night flavors was the beginning. 
of everything. Yeah. Right. And you were, and you were like, and this is what I heard. And you guys correct me, right? The legend says. Legend says. <laughs> Allegedly. Well, I, there's a lot of shit. Uh, like, we've been talking to a bunch of people. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of people t- saying a lot of bunch of shit about phone, y'all. We was phoning Like, on crazy friend. shit. Like, good shit. Yeah. yeah. So, but, I mean, you guys, basically, Power 106 at the time was ma- mainly a freestyle dance radio station. And, and then somehow you guys influenced the whole station to switch to hip hop. Is that true? Pretty much. It was like a top 40 dance radio station. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, they were playing like, you know, UB40. Phil Collins. Madonna, Madonna. Phil Collins. Like top 40. Yeah, it was top like 40. top 40. Yeah. So, I was, I was, so like maybe like a Z100 yes. in yeah. New York. Exactly. Yes. So okay. they were trying to find a new identity for the radio yeah. station. And so we were uh, at dinner uh, with Dave Morales, um, who was the midday guy at Power 106, Harold Austin, who was the music director, new music director for 92.3 The Beat, and also Bruce Reiner from Profile Records, who we went to visit that day. Nick V, take over. We went to dinner. We got drunk. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're sitting next to the two people from the biggest stations in Los Angeles. We're still from Bakersfield at this point. This is yeah, 1992. Yeah. And Bakersfield, I heard, is like, we. I don't know shit we, about It's like weeds, tumbleweeds. <laughs> I was literally telling yeah. Cook and Nevin, I'm like, yo, that's like, the, almost the middle ground heading heading to Vegas. You are gonna pass Bakersfield? All we all of your fresh fruit and produce comes from the mm, agricultural area okay, of Bakersfield. Okay. Meth yeah. as well, so meth, <laughs> good method, Bako. So oh anyway, so we're in town and uh, we go to dinner, like you said, and um, I just slam my hand on the table in a drunken stoop and I said, "Next year I'll be working at Power 106." This time next year, he said. This time next year I'll be working at Power 106, and Dave, Mar- everybody just started laughing at me like, Bust "Ah, up. this motherfucker's crazy, out of control." But I spoke it into existence. And when yeah. somebody said something earlier about using my breath, that is the power of manifestation. Use your breath with intention, and it was heard by Dave Morales, who took us to the side and said, you guys are pretty funny. You'd be perfect for a hip-hop show. We're trying to start on Friday nights. Give me a demo. Gave him a demo. So you were the entry into hip-hop. For Power 106. In LA. The identity of hip-hop in Power 106. I was talking with Phenom, and he says to him, you were the first uh, Latino faces for hip-hop in California or LA. Uh, I mean, on the radio, yes, but before us, previous before us, the ones that we were influenced by was K-Day, the original K-Day, 1580 AM. And there was two particular DJs, and they weren't. They didn't talk on the radio, voice wise. They talk with their hands. Tony G, Julio G, Julio G's a legend. I, hear I mean, yeah. Tony G is Yoda to us. No bullshit. Yeah. He is the master. Like he, he's still dope as hell today, and he gets so much respect. And uh, we're just a, a, a con or like a carryover from what they did. They influenced us, which influenced like the Beat Junkies, Mr. Chalk. All these DJs that mm-hmm. came up after them, and then we helped influence a lot of other DJs that were started listening to the radio yeah. to see what we we're doing and see how we were mixing. And because we had a little bit different style, and I took some stuff from Nick when he would do because this was pre Serato, obviously. This is all course, yeah. all wax, <laughs> yeah. so they didn't. Ha- we'd have a bar intros and outros. You have extended mixes of stuff, but we would make our own intros and outros of everything. Well, you were using. I mean. This is like radio style, uh, like mix shows, even in New York, was you mixed in the instrumental and then you scratch in the regular record. Right. Right. And the thing is, it's like in New York, we separated radio style DJing to club DJing. Mm-hmm. Right. There was an actual method to club DJing yeah. and party rocking. Yeah. I mean, there was a whole history for hip hop in New York. Yeah. For club rocking and just like mic work and, you know. Yeah. yeah. But it was completely different in New York from radio to club. 
but in LA it seemed like the radio style of DJing was transferred over to the club. The so club. people in the club DJed like they were on the radio. Yeah. Yeah. That's how much the radio DJs affected influence. Influenced the DJs in LA. They were still like, you know, mimicking the radio style in the clubs. Mm-hmm. Which Absolutely. I thought was interesting because in the two thousands when I moved to the West Coast in Vegas and I came to LA, I'm like, you know, I was hearing the West Coast DJs. And I'm like, yo, why do they have an eight bar intro for everything? Right. Like, and it was, you know what I mean? And so, uh, flip flop that, us moving to Miami in 2003, we went to the clubs and we're like, yo, these cats are just slamming records back and forth and they like it like that. <laughs> <laughs> Same shit, it's culture shock. Yeah. yeah. So, but we had to learn that. We had to learn that East Coast style and respect it for what it was. It's party rocking. There's, there's yeah. an art. Wait, so we, when you heard that, were you like, this is so sloppy or this is so abrupt? Or, uh, Abrasive. Uh, it, it wasn't my style, but I respected it for what it was, and I wanted to to adapt to where I was. Mm. The smart DJ says, "This is what. Okay, let's do that. Let's do what they're doing. You don't have to reinvent the wheel, but you can still do it in your own style." Our mix shows were always West Coast style. We didn't really do a lot of party rock and stuff on our mix shows. Still yeah, don't. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. is that West Coast style. It's mixed and it's blended. I mean, it sounds great on the radio. Yeah, it's it's like a listening experience. You want to let it roll, let it ride when you're driving. Round, you know, if you're in the club, cool. Let me hear that. And you and you guys set such a high standard for the skill level and and uh, like the cleanness of mixing. We, that's why you guys birthed all these clean and technically <laughs> talented ass DJs like the Beat Junkies. Yeah. You know, all the way to ICI's Vice. No everybody, idea. you know, like generations were just following the lead of yeah. all of you guys. And we just did what we heard on K Day. Yeah. Yeah. Really? We did our best job to emulate what they did and take it to a different level. The different level we had wasn't technically, you know, the DJ the DJ stuff. It was more the personality stuff. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we actually added that extra element to what we did. Jumping on the mic. Yeah. I remember doing being, the hype style. I remember being a kid and I felt like you guys were like the first people on the radio that I heard that were actually like almost like freestyling. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like yeah. like doing like dope <laughs> freestyle shit. Like you guys were like rhyming, but it was like in sync. Yeah. And y'all would even like be like melodic with it that was part of the presentation on my behalf mm-hmm. to do that i wanted it to be integrated i wanted it to seem like it was a fluid thing mm-hmm. and i guess deep down inside subliminally i wanted to be a rapper i just didn't know how to write nick yeah. v can rap he don't you know <laughs> we actually did a video um for this thing in bakersfield where we're from called uh, it was an alcohol and drug-free campaign and he actually, did, we did a video, like a little video of it. I will show, we'll show it to you one day. But we'll send it, it to you guys so you can insert it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's pretty. <laughs> it's that would be pretty great. Funny, it's so, pretty funny. It's like me trying to be Cypress Hill, trying to be. But he sounded D. like Heavy D. I sounded like Heavy D. He sounded like Heavy D, uh, and it was uh, the same record as Don't Curse, the original, oh, uh, the, the Heavy hugger. D record, Don't Curse, yeah, mm-hmm. the Hip Hugger record. So it's nice. But we did a whole video about a whole campaign, and it did well in Bakersfield as well. <laughs> Free shot for the nine dudes, check it out. Yo, kicking it in the hood, I call the drug free. See me, Nick V from the Baker BOYZ. Me and my brother were just rolling. Saying hi to all the girlies that he's strolling. Wearing big brown boots and a baseball cap. Yeah, I get all the girlies because I am the man. And we got it like that in the nine dudes. See, make it happen, I call the drug free. Make it, make it happen, I call the drug free. Make it, make it, make it happen, I call the drug free. The Baker BOYZ, I call the drug free.
Nick V could have rapped if he really wanted to. He had that. He had that flair about him. I was always the back guy. You know, I, I didn't well, like. I don't want to be in that limelight. I didn't give a shit. From what I heard is is you were like the DJ and he was the MC almost. The hype man. The funny yeah. thing is the flavor flavor. <laughs> yeah. The clown. Uh, yeah. Let's go ahead and say it. So <laughs> the funny thing is the reason it was that way is because I wasn't comfortable being on the radio. I didn't want to hear. I didn't like my voice. I wasn't there yet. Mm-hmm. I didn't find my voice till 2001 when we went to KML. Really? In San Francisco. The, fu- the funny thing is, you have a real like, radio, like Casey Casey. Uh, uh, what's that guy's radio name? Voice. Casey yeah. Casey. 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 Yeah. Casey. You have yeah. that kind of voice well, a little bit. I mean, we have different sounds. America's top 10. Yeah. America's top 10. Yeah. If I go into radio mode, it's a whole different thing. But It sounds yeah. like it right now when you're talking. <laughs> yeah. So the um, frequency travels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but. You know, Nick V started a lot younger than me, and then I picked up later, you know, into the whole DJ uh, game and DJing. He actually, I tried to get him to teach me, and he wouldn't teach me how to DJ. No, no, He told no. me, <laughs> yeah, he pulled the dog pin on me. <laughs> Wait, why not, Nick? What happened? Yeah, tell him. Son. Son. <laughs> Were you th- a little threatened, or you didn't want, you didn't want? I don't want to share my shine. This is newly found yeah. 11-year-old shine. I'm on the decks. People are like, yo, look at this kid go. And then my 13-year-old brother, he's like, yo, can I get on? I'm like, nah, yeah. No. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah no. so I had to teach myself how to mix. Yeah, yeah. And then, it makes you stronger. It's yeah. Joe's character. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing can stop you. Not even your older, your little brother. <laughs> I, I, t- I taught myself how to mix, but I wasn't mixing in time. I was on beat, but not in time. There's a different thing. And so another friend of ours who was DJing in Bakersfield uh, at the time, his name was DJ Wicked, uh, DJ Sidney Perry in Bakersfield. And he showed me how to mix in time. And just with that one little trick, it just changed everything for keys. me. Keys. It wasn't keys. It was, no, it was just counting bars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like counting bars, right? Yeah, like it was just like certain records that started with a boom, cat. Like think of, oh, okay, okay. you know, like yeah. uh, Friday from uh, Ice, Ice Cube. Cube. Boom, yeah. cat. The one is the cat. But you got to start it on the boom. Mm. So it's got to go boom, one. You know right, what I mean? Right, so right. that little simple trick changed everything for me. Yeah. It just like, it was like, you know, the gates open. It's when, like, <laughs> you know what it is? It's kind of like when white people clap. You're supposed oh, to clap to the snare. Yeah. And then white people clap to the one. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> so you have to know when to drop it. Yeah. Exactly. It's difficult yeah. for some people. Some people don't have rhythm naturally. Yeah. Unfortunately, they just, they don't unlock it. It's kind of, yeah. you know, like. Having rhythm, having a sense of humor, or like knowing how to snap at motherfuckers, mm-hmm. <laughs> that was a real, like no one knew how to do that in the 80s and 90s. Yeah. So if you knew how to talk shit in the 80s and 90s, you like stood out. Yeah. If you know how to dance, if you know how to do certain things, you stood out. Now everybody can kind of talk shit and everyone can kind of dance. <laughs> and there's like no separation on like... You know, like talent. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, everyone can kind of do the shit. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird. But like, so you guys were on like the radio. How old were you guys on this Friday Night Flavors? Mm. I think I was twenty one when we moved to LA. Yeah, I was twenty. Tw- twenty. No, well then we, I had to be a little older than that then, because um, I'm three. You by three years. Yeah, I'm three, three years. I'm three years older than Nick. Move. So you're early twenties. Yeah, in twenties. Yeah. Friday Night Flavors. Yes. And did you know like? I, I've, it's kind of weird because everyone just says you blew the fuck up. Did you approach it like, yo, this is our shot? Did you take it seriously or you're just like, let's just fuck around? No, when we went there to interview for the job, um, we walked into the building. Before we walked into the building, I tell the story all the time. It's like, I tell Nick, if we get this, cool. If we don't, we don't. 
We just go like, back it home. Was just like we just that. keep it moving. It was it was nonchalant. It wasn't. We didn't know the size of what was going on. We had no idea the shift that was about to happen for us and yeah. for Los Angeles. Yeah, that we were walking from Market eighty seven to Market but number why, two. Why is that? <laughs> isn't that like the biggest? This is the biggest opportunity ever. Yeah, yeah but it we, it didn't feel like that. We didn't but. see that for us. That was not where we were looking for our future. Our future was in producing music. Yeah. Working with artists, yeah, uh, remixes, you know, being you guys wanted to be artists. You guys wanted to make no, records, not, not artists, producers, producers, producers. Yeah, yes. you want to make records, yeah. Yes. yeah, yeah. And we were, and we did make records. Yeah. We were the Kid Frost's first album. We have three songs on that. We work with Mel and Manace. We work with Lighter Shade of Brown, Far Side Remix. We did stuff with Ice Cube and Yo Yo. Yo, Yo. Um, House of Pain, House of Pain. Pain. Remix. We, we definitely Cyber want to get into uh, Volume Ten, Volume yeah. Ten, volume which is 10. Our, our classic. You know, I've never heard that record. You've never heard Pistol I played Grip it Pump? for Cookie <laughs> earlier. He was like, you, oh. have, you have heard it. You just heard the Fat Man Scoop version of it. Yeah. Oh, but that's you probably right. Played it's, on the, it's on the party ladies, break. Ladies, fellas, ladies. Oh. Oh, that's the beat from our song. Wow. Yeah. And it was cool. We were just taking that, me to school. Yeah. We were, <laughs> taking me to school. Every day. It's okay. Yeah. So that's. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It's, so that's where we were. That was where we were going, producing, and uh, being on the radio was kind of secondary to us because we kind of got hurt by radio early on in the game in '88 when we got kind of taken off the radio after three months of being on the air and being very successful. I was 14 years old. He was probably 16 years 14 old. 14 and 16 years old yeah. on AM radio station in Bakersfield, just running shit. We were trying to do K Day in Bakersfield, yeah. and mm. we did it. And then we got taken off. We were like, what? Well, they flipped the format. They flipped the format, but still took yeah. the opportunity away from us. After so we you guys like, got your heart broken already. Early on. So then you're like, we're not going to... We're not going to put all this weight on uh, this no. Friday night flavor shit because no. it, it could get taken away out of our they control. They tried right? to offer us a, day, a weekly a week, weekday job at our radio station in Bakersfield. We were um, we were pr music directors at that point in time, dual music directors at KKXX. So we were already in the game going back and forth. That's why we know a lot of music people, uh, radio industry people from back then because we were music directors. That are still in the game. Still in the game. So Y'all was doing this in high school. Yes, yeah, oh, shit, that's man. amazing. Yeah, isn't it the funny though? Like all these Cali radio DJs start so fucking young. Yeah. You guys, yep. it's yeah. almost like a sweatshop. <laughs> <laughs> no, because like they got friends in it, like thirteen. Yeah, friends and was young. A e lot of these radio e Rock guys. was like fifteen. Yeah, e Rock. Jay it's Spinoza. really like a sweatshop. They're like, how can we get like child labor <laughs> and, to, and like they'll be so happy to work for free, right, for nothing. Yeah. And then we could just take advantage nope. of that shit. It's radio. Nothing's changed. <laughs> <laughs> they still try to get yeah, child how much labor. Money, how many you guys making on this podcast? <laughs> well, we're not on radio. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is true. But you guys are an offshoot of radio. This yeah, is like yeah. open format radio. It is. It is. It's, it's, it's funny. Um, I wanted to ask this a little bit later, but 30 years in this game and so much has changed. And terrestrial radio, like, obviously it's like, it's kind of like steadily every year. It's kind of like. Um, it's becoming less relevant mm -hmm. to like you know how people consume music, right? And I was I was kind of wondering. I was talking with Phenom earlier, and we and you know he wanted to know kind of, and I was I'm curious as well. How did you navigate through three decades and mm -hmm. then you know kind of to where we are now? And because he says you guys have still stayed okay. relevant, you guys have kind of stayed on top of everything. Yeah, adapted for everything. Yeah. Well, I'm so blessed that when I got put in prison in late. Uh, <laughs> 
2001 that they let me broadcast from there. So we had technology early on that wait, wait. nobody knew about. <laughs> what? So, wait, don't, wait. don't worry about it. He's, he's making up a story right now. Don't uh-huh. worry. <laughs> yeah. The warden was really cool. Let me <laughs> no. broadcast all those years. So continuing to evolve, seeing being futuristic, not being afraid, afraid to take chances, and also being told no a lot. Yeah, a lot. Absolutely. Being when, stubborn as well. Whenever we go down a path and there's no's, we just find another way to get there. There's always another path. That's what happened with Power 106. Yeah. We weren't trying to get on that motherfucker, but it came to us because our energy was already set forth from being a child DJing and listening to K-Day and wanting to be on the radio. That was already set forth in our path because we put that energy out there very early on. Everything goes in cycles and things is... Everything is energy. So you put four things, it comes back to you. What was the reception when you guys got to power? Uh, the funniest. Who are those new black guys on Friday yeah. night? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> they thought we were, everybody thought we were black. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> thought we were black. You, you guys don't speak Spanish? No. Nada. Nick, Nick Price. Like, <laughs> we're try, I was trying to teach him right yeah, before, so you, before we so started. So you could teach him a new word right now if you want. Suavemente? No, that's full set suavemente. It's 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 weird though. Like there there's a generation of like Mexicans yeah. in LA that don't speak any Spanish. Yeah, it's usually the second, third. But it's like I, you know, like I, I'm Korean American. I grew up in like New York, right? And I didn't really learn Korean because my mother wanted me to like be americanized be americanized right. but there's this generation from this the sep- speak spanish though I, I was oh yeah i grew up around like right. puerto hell? ricans and dominicans yeah, yeah. <laughs> the hell he, <laughs> he had to learn yeah i mean i you know it's a product of whatever environment i was in right yeah. so but she you know like there's a there's a generation of parents from the 70s and 80s who wanted their kids to fit in so much they kind of suppressed they're, 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 you know, not only that, but also think about those kids like me yeah. being in elementary school, being told that you're a grape picker and you're a strawberry, you know, you're a wetback. Right. So those kind of things play into your psyche very early on without even knowing what the fuck is going on. Right. So you start to push, push away your culture like that. Yeah. Like I'm not Mexican. I'm this, I'm that. So there was a kind mm-hmm. of a Nick was like, I'm Dominican. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I, mean, I guess that affected Nick more than me. I never cared. I never mm. words never had that kind of power over me. Like when they would call you a derogatory spick, this, that or anything like that. I just didn't care. But I feel, I feel it like didn't it didn't affect yeah. me. I feel all. like it's our parents also trying to protect us. Like, yeah. she wanted to give me an American first name mm. so that it wasn't like I wouldn't get bullied or probably get fucked with at school. It's like Richard, right? You know, like, mm-hmm. you know, let's speak let's speak English when we're around people. I won't speak right. Korean to you and shit like that. So, See? you know, it's just uh, they want to protect you because they know there's all this shit out there. That they went through. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I do regret that we don't know Spanish. I wish we did because it is. The, the style and the energy and the flavor that we have, if we had it in Spanish, it would be crazy. Yeah. You, you were just saying that you would have been bigger. Oh, totally. hundred percent, thousand percent bigger. Gigante. Hell, <laughs> gigante. Sábado. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It would have. It would have transcended what we done. What we done to this point in our career. hundred percent. Wow. It would have been even more because there's nobody like us on radio today. As far as I'm concerned, nobody does what we do in the way we do it. Hundred percent. You're thirty years later. You're still on radio and yep. you're syndicated in how many? Uh, between all the shows, probably 70 plus stations. That's insane. Oh, wow. wow. So, yeah, I read somewhere it was over 100. So. Yeah. So we have. That's a lot of money. 
We have three mix shows. You guys are doing good. <laughs> we have three syndicated <laughs> mix shows. <laughs> you, know like, mo- you know motherfuckers are doing good? Uh, when you say you're doing good, they, they, fast forward. And they no, no, they stay quiet. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> just, just smile. All of a sudden, he's not blowing the whistle now. <laughs> you know what they do? They look into some far, like, far area. Counting those no, O's. Yeah, they make no eye contact. They just smile. Counting you're doing good, fam. And they just look away, just like yeah, that. man, the sun. <laughs> yeah, so we have three syndicated mix shows. Uh, one is the hip hop master mix which is current hip-hop music out now mm-hmm. uh, we have the all-star hit mix which is pop top 40 dance music um so we're playing elton john and britney spears and, and uh, tiesto and you know all that type of stuff and then uh the uh, classic. all the classic hip-hop master mix which is all throwbacks so mid 90s to mid 2000s you're doing this every day every week once a week Oh, you forgot, you forgot about the the newest show, yeah, well, the daily gonna, show. You can tell them about that one. Go ahead. Now we just started about a year and a half ago a daily broadcast called Baker Boys Daily, where it's not the mix shows, it's not us on the turntables, it's us doing personality breaks. Yeah, and we're going to be about twenty one stations before the end of this year. Yeah, that's Damn. crazy. Mm-hmm. So just growing, growing, growing. Keep yeah, on I, expanding. I talk, it's crazy because I talk with radio, you know, people in radio, and they're like, there is. There's an absence of radio personalities. They can't find any. They're, they don't exist. They don't exist because the younger generation don't hear. They're not There's exposed no to radio. To yeah. And they're not like, hey, I want to be on radio. They're like, fuck the, that. I want to be on YouTube. They'd rather be on TikTok and YouTube yeah. and all that other stuff. So um, what I look at us as a dying breed, I look at us like, I don't know if you're familiar with Star Wars at all, but we're like Jedi's. Literally, like we're just dying. We're just like there's only a few of us left still <laughs> that can do this, that do this for a, a right. living. Yeah, and there's value in that because they can't find new people. There's no new talent being groomed under there. You know, usually you'd have somebody come up underneath somebody, learn the ropes. You know, start as an intern, this and that, and then become a personality. They're not. They're not doing that anymore. They don't. They don't groom new talent. Is the- do you think that's going to be a major problem in a few, like in a, you know, in not five for to us. ten years? Not for us. <laughs> you guys? <laughs> no. It's all about syndication because, you know, eventually uh, they're going to be starting to fire people left and right. And they're going to be looking for a show to put on. And guess what? We're here. We're going to, we, you know, we're not taking the jobs. They're going to take them from them anyway. Right. Um, so we're just putting our foot out there right now. And it's going to be opening up a lot of doors um, as far as that goes because they still need great talent. Uh, they still need great content. Um, we just got our ratings from our Vegas Vegas affiliate. Mm. Our ratings, females, were up like 232%. Wow. And that's, you know. Wait, the, what's the Vegas affiliate? Uh, it's uh, Jammin' 105.7. Okay. It's it's uh, oldies, oldies, not oldies, but it's like a throwback station. Yeah. So older, like R&B, hip-hop, and stuff like that. So In, in the beginning, with when you guys started on Power 106, and this is what, like early 90s, like 92? 93. 92, 93. Uh, like, what do you think stood out? You guys were you guys breaking hip hop records? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, we're playing underground. Underground in 1993 was Ice Cube, Cypress Hill. Really? Yeah. House yeah. Of Pain. Mm-hmm. It wasn't yeah. being played on radio. Wu Tang Clan. Yeah, yeah. How? Um. Uh, uh, the Hulu. Help me out. Help me out. Uh, I mean, it was Black Moon. I mean, I'm thinking, yeah. It was Black Moon. It was think about uh, Wild Pitch. Anything Funk, on Wild Funk, Pitch? Funk Doobie. Funk, Funk Doobie. <laughs> on the West Coast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, N.W.A. Think about that. There was not being played on major radio in Los Angeles. No. And you guys weren't even playing at Hot 97. was still a dance re- uh, music station yeah. when we were on the air here playing hip-hop. So we actually helped influence their their format as well. 
Um, Steve Smith was rest the program director. Power, rest, rest in, in peace. Yes, Steve Smith was. We went to New York to visit, and this was before they. Wait, I, so are you telling me that you guys were playing underground hip hop? Yeah. On commercial radio. Yes. Even before New York. Yes. Yes. Before Hot ninety seven, I said. Before Hot ninety seven. You're yes. welcome. Yes. Because <laughs> well, there was Kiss FM, right? There was Kiss it was, FM, they had the, the, um, late, the and, weekend show. Yeah. Friday and WBLS. Mm-hmm. Kiss and BLS. And then Hot 97 came on, came out in like 90, 93. It had to be 93. It was yeah. 93, yeah. So mm-hmm. we're, we're telling and before you. that, like he said, it was a freestyle station. They yeah. played freestyle music. Telling you right. the story. The dude who, who changed everything in New York was Steve, Steve Smith. Smith. Mm-hmm. Steve Smith uh, helped us out. He was uh, he worked for Emmis. Yeah. So West Coast Emmis was Power 106, East Coast Hot. Sister stations. Wow. Sister stations. So we shared ideas. Mm-hmm. We were sent to New York. We were already on staff at Power 106. And Rick Cummings says, go see Steve Smith. Go see the radio station. See what the plans are. This is before they hired Ed and Dr. Dre. He's like, mm. guess who our new morning show is going to be? Boom, Ed and Dre. So we're walking the streets of New York, and we're like, Steve, are you playing this Wu-Tang record? Steve, are you playing this Black Moon record? He's like, who? What? Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, you guys got to be playing these records now. <laughs> yeah. Like, A-rotation records. And we're telling him as we're walking the street from New York. So I have a question. Up. Like, during that time, there wasn't influence from, like, record labels on what to play or, like, it wasn't formatted in Probably, probably where, at Hot 97 or everywhere? For, for you guys at Power. Oh, not for us. You guys had free reign no, to we play had, what you wanted. Yeah, we played what we wanted. Of course, the re- the label would push records on us. Right. Like, hey, I got this new this and that. He's in town. He wants to come through, blah, 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 whatever. But we only, we play what we like. Right. We don't, we don't, mm. we don't go by what they. That, that's like yeah. foreign yeah. to DJs now. Yeah. On radio. Oh yeah, they don't know that. That's <laughs> yeah. a time and space, you know, that doesn't exist anymore. So that's, you know, we we come from that time and era. Yeah. So wow, this is a, this is kind of amazing. I never knew yeah. all this because that's why Stretch and Mabito were so important in mm. New York Absolutely. because they were college radio. Yeah. Yep. And they were the, one of the only representations for underground. Hip hop at that time, you had Jay Z, all you know, Everybody, Big L, nah, freestyling, nah, even the first Wu Tang. So like, yeah. honestly, Stretch and Bobito were probably in New York doing doing that radio. shit, yeah. mm-hmm. you totally. know, before you guys. They yeah. just but weren't on commercial radio. They weren't on commercial radio. That was but, the difference. But it wasn't until these guys, and then kind of them communicating with the East Coast and being like, "Yo, this yeah. is working." You know, I'm like this formula is good. I think they had just signed Flex on. Yeah, and Flex became that dude. That's crazy. And he's still I didn't that even dude. know that. Yep. So you affected Cali Radio and New York Radio. For sure, absolutely. For sure. And buys one, rest his soul as well, would say that out loud, and he said it many, many times. I don't know if you know who he was, but buys one uh, who connected me with Phenon back in the day. Really? And he wrote a manifesto based upon what the effects of Bakersfield, this small town in California in the middle of nowhere, has affected hip-hop in a ripple effect throughout time and space and history that can never, ever be erased. Mm-hmm. Look at The Big Payback by Dan Charnas. He used to be on Friday Night Flavors. Do you know who he is? He just wrote the Dilla book that's going to be a documentary oh. now. So Dan Charnas was a part of our Friday Night Flavors crew yeah. very very early on. He worked for Rick Rubin yep. at Deaf American, and he has an entire chapter on the Baker Boys and my father and Tony G and how we all came up, and we're part of Power 106 and the history of hip-hop. The Big Payback, look it up, Chapter 11, Baker Boys. Why wow. don't you hear about this, though? I mean, why? People don't talk about this. It might have been that one time I told Jay-Z to freestyle, and he refused. <laughs> yeah, he refused. Wait, what? I'm just what? saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, and wait, wait. It might, you, it might be. Hold on. It might be. And you, and you it, still look like you're feeling some type of way about that, though. And it might, or it might be the Foxy Brown phone call to, to Jay 
it, when we were in in Miami, we wouldn't put it on the radio. It we might need, be that. We need to we need to know wait, all wait, about this. Explain this. Explain what's going on. I, I'm not going to say anything. What? I had nothing Come to do on, with man. This is this is Nick V. This is it's his, in the memoir. This is his, <laughs> oh my god. This is his violator days. So I, yeah, I, there, I had a vi- violator, violent side back in the day uh-huh. where I would just basically say the truth, speak his mind, speak yeah. his mind without any repercussions. And so I've learned to control that side of yeah. me. And I'm no longer the violator. Well, you, you seem very zen now. I am. Yeah. 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 Blow well, a whistle. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I would say kind of the story with the Jay Z situation was probably obviously we were. I thought you weren't going to say that. Well, I think they want to know. Oh, we yeah. want to know. Yes. yes. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. If, if there ever was a time to say it, you guys got to say it in a bunch of DJs. <laughs> so obviously, you're in a safe space. You know, as hip hop <laughs> DJs, we we were huge fans of Biggie, and we're still big of fans mm-hmm. of Biggie. You know, I think he's. The I've seen pictures of you and Biggie. Yeah. Yeah. Guys. So one with the car, I need that for the car. Yeah. So he's like the greatest, one of the greatest MCs ever, for, as far as we're concerned. You know, visually, I always judge a artist or a rapper by if I can see what they're saying, just listening to their lyrics and visualize what they're saying and put myself in that situation. It's a storytelling situation. Ice Cube has that same power as well, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. Big pun. You know, yeah, there was people that could actually visual, you could visualize what exactly they were saying. Yeah. And so, you know, Jay-Z was coined, you know, the dopest freestyler, this and that, and this was Biggie, Biggie was still out, alive then at that point. And Nick asked him basically to freestyle on the radio, and he he declined. He's like, no, nah, I don't do that. I don't freestyle. You're supposed to be the greatest. This guy, you know, Biggie's freestyled well, our what show. Era, such and such freestyled our show. Why are you so much higher than them? Was was What era of Jay-Z was this? Ain't no? This was early. Um, you said Biggie when was it, still alive, so it had to this be, had yeah. to be like 95. 96, 96, before 97. Reasonable Doubt? So when yeah. Doubt is out? After, after, after Reasonable Doubt. Was it after? After, yeah. Yeah, because we did a, a live stream um, for Reasonable Doubt album for, on Friday Night Flavors. Where he on came, the radio. And he performed for like an exclusive audience of less than 50 people live on the air for us. Oh, wow. Yeah. Back in the day. So so he refused to do it. And that that was... Uh, that didn't sit right with that him. That didn't sit right with him because... I mean, because no one's ever refused a freestyle. You're live right. on the radio. This is Power 106. This is Los Angeles. This is prime time, afternoon drive. Biggie just sat in the same seat. Why won't you do that for your fans out here? Damn. Yeah, Damn, he, Nick. And that's exactly how he. <laughs> yo, so, so imagine. I want the old Nick back. So imagine you're Jay Z and, and the DJ that you're, that's interviewing you is telling you that right there on the spot. Dude, so you that's said what, that? That's too? pretty yeah. much what he said yeah. on the air. Oh, shit. So whatever you felt right now, that's yeah. how Jay Z probably felt. I didn't feel that. I thought I loved it. I was yeah, like, that's great. Talk your shit. It's very New Yorkish. Yeah, I like it. It's the way people, you know, Call it's it like, out. wait a minute. What, what are you talking about? So you, you don't told freestyle. Jay-Z, you're not going to freestyle, and you're sitting where exactly where, where Biggie, Biggie just did it last week. What's wrong? What's the problem? You're supposed to be the greatest freestyler. I thought you were that dude. You're and, not going to do it? Okay, cool. And then and then what did what did Jigga say? I don't remember. Somebody don't find remember. a tape. Yeah, that's how, that's how he did. He, was. <laughs> he just didn't even hear nothing. It sucks. It sucks. But he did. Go. Somebody had to smooth it over. Apparently, the Mizza. The Mizza. Shout out to Damien. Damien. He Damien was Young. assistant program directors to to the stars at that point at Power 106, and he took him into the other room, and he did get him to do a Baker Boys uh, freestyle for us. It wasn't. A, it was it a was, written it was verse. It was a written verse, but he's you know put our name in the front, put our name in the back because we were doing a mixtape at that time. We were putting the, together the Cali yeah. Kings mixtape. So everybody that came through, we tried to get him to drop a freestyle for us so we can maybe put it on the album. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, Is that um, where uh, All About the Benjamins uh, freestyle yes. about Biggie's at? Yes. Yes. Baker Boys up in here. Notorious B.I.G. 
lacing them uh -huh. with a 9-7. Uh-huh. 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 Uh -huh. uh -huh. Yeah. For permission to hit him uh -huh. He don't like me Hit him while wifey was uh -huh. with him yeah. You heard of us The murderous Most shady uh -huh. Been on the low lately The feds hate uh -huh. me yeah. The son of Satan They say my killing's too blatant uh -huh. You hesitating I'm in your mama crib uh -huh. waiting yeah. Duck taping Your fam yeah. Destiny uh -huh. lays in my hands Cat lays in my waist yeah. Francis M to the is H Phenomenal Gun rest under your vest By uh -huh. the abdominal yeah. Rhyme a few bars So I could buy a few cars uh -huh. Then I kick a few flows So I could pick a few uh -huh. Yeah. Excellence is my presence Never tense, uh -huh. never hesitant Leaving but get bent uh -huh. Real quick, yeah. real sick Strong nights, I perform uh -huh. like Mike uh -huh. Anyone, Tyson, Jordan, Jackson yeah. Action, pack guns Ridiculous, uh -huh. and I'm quick to bust If my ends uh -huh. you touch yeah. Kids a girl you touch In this world I clutch Two auto, matos Used to call uh -huh. me fat, so yeah. Now you call me Castro My rap flows uh -huh. militant Y'all niggas ain't killing this uh -huh. Oops, yeah. Cristal keeps spilling this You overdid it, uh -huh. home. You in the danger zone, you shouldn't be alone Hold hands and say it like me The most shady, Frankie baby Fantastic, uh -huh, yeah. graphic Trying to make dough like Jurassic uh -huh. Park did, quick to spark kids who uh -huh, starch ish yeah. See me, only me The underboss of this holocaust Truly yours, Frank uh -huh, White yeah. Baker boys up in here My love that was a written rhyme, you know, for us that Biggie did. Um, oh, but, that that uh, uh, Jay Z. Well, I mean, he's he just brought oh, up okay, the Biggie gotcha. thing, but Biggie did a uh, you know in studio freestyle for us in the other room in the production studio, and he came in and dropped our name in the beginning and dropped our name on the back. So we had the acapella of one. Baker of his, boys in the building. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, that's what we were doing. We we're trying to collect you know acapellas and collect freestyles and stuff. But somebody got some freestyles from Jay Z. Do you, I mean, Sway and Tech probably. I yeah. don't know. Yeah, oh. I think he did. Some those of were them. were those guys your competitions? They Swain? they were our brothers. They yeah. are our brothers, uh -huh. and they still are. You know, but um, they were opposite. They were on Saturday nights uh, on the beat. Well, they were. They, let's tell the story on this. So, obviously, uh, their show started before ours. Uh, they were in in, in the San Bay Francisco. Area, you know, with with the, the wake up show and all that stuff. So we started flavors after that. Uh, a little bit after that, and then um, they, we were trying to bring them to Power 106 to be on after us. Mm -hmm. the, the beat got wind of it. They ended up taking them to the beat. Mm. So that's how they got to L.A. Yeah. was because of us as well. Wow. So that door opened because they heard we were trying to bring them over. We're, we're talent dudes. When we see talent, when we see good things, whether it's music, artists, DJs, we say something. Say, See something, say something. As DJs, that's our responsibility, obligation, and opportunity to share what we really feel about something, an energy. Right. So we had Flex on briefly in LA. Yeah, we as put well. him on after us. We put him on after us as we well. We syndicated oh, him shit. to LA yeah. after us. Which is which is yeah. why DJs were were tastemakers, right? We we dictated. Well, not were, still are. We still are. If I mean, you, if you look at everybody yeah. that has made any noise in the in the music industry, from from uh what's it called timberland was a former dj dr dre was a former dj like all these people that were former djs they they have that ear and talent mm -hmm. they just need to listen to people more often yeah you know they don't they don't they think they know but they don't <laughs> it's very odd like whenever you get like an east coast artist on the west coast they know how important it is to get west coast spins and Absolutely. to like appease with the, with the radio guys on the on the west coast so you you had Jay Z coming down here. Were you guys like 
kind of, uh, I don't know, competing for artists with Sway and Tech, too, at the same time? No, like I said, they were on Saturday nights, and we were on daily here in Power 106, so we were on 3 to 7 at that point in time when he came in. We're all, we were in the mornings, we were at nights, we had multiple different opportunities. Right. To, so to you see. moved from the Fridays to... To mornings, to afternoons. No, no, we moved from Fridays. From Friday, here, let me let me correct them, please. <laughs> <laughs> so we started Friday Night Flavors. It was yeah. a two-hour show from midnight to 2 a.m., okay? You guys were killing it. Yes, we were killing it. There and then was, how long was it before they started just promoting you and giving you more? It was probably about a couple months, and then the other jocks started going to our boss, Rick, at the time, and he's like, yo... I don't know what it is, but these kids are different. There's something different. I feel it. it, it and he's like, my staff is coming to me telling me there's something here. And because it wasn't just the music you guys were playing. It's it was, you guys were like. Our energy. You guys were doing pranks. You guys were doing <laughs> jokes and stunts. Yeah. And you guys were doing all kinds of like shit, right? Yeah, it was our presentation, energy, and everything we do. The way I describe it is like, if you hear a Pharrell production, you know it's a Pharrell production. If you hear a Timberland production, you know it's a Timberland production. Vice versa. Like. When you hear a Baker Boy show, you know it's a Baker Boy show, yeah. energy-wise. And so um, we went from Friday Night Flavors to overnights. To He tried us out for like a couple months on overnights. And then from overnights, we went to nights. That's when we had to come up with the roll call. And then from the night show, it took us a total of being there from Friday Night Flavors to the overnights to nights to be in the morning show in eight months. So it was like nights daily. Yeah, you guys were there every like seven, Monday 12? through Friday. Monday wow. through Friday. Yeah. So this was moving fast. Very fast. Eight months, Even bro. for that time, it's moving fast. Super yeah. fast. It's very interesting. Yeah, very. Have I you mean, guys ever seen another like radio personality move that fast? No, I don't. I've Not that I can. Like that. Wow. No. So we were competing when we went to the mornings. We were competing with Rick Dees. We were competing with Kevin and Bean. We were com competing with Howard Stern. Wow. And we we beat them all. Really? We had beat them all at one point. Yes, in our career. Mm. Wow. We beat them. Damn. That is... like, Dude, beating Howard Stern is crazy. Yeah. That is yeah. crazy. No, we beat him. Howard talks talks about us at least once a year yeah. about the roll call. There always comes a, an argument on the Howard Stern show once a year about the roll call. <laughs> Who started it? <laughs> Why, does he claim he started? No, no, no he don't claim... There was a, a former co-host that used to work with Ed and Dre, Lisa. <laughs> Lisa G. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lisa G. So Lisa G, G would yeah. be like, no, we started it. Or Ed Lover and Dr. <laughs> and finally, Ed Lover came out and said, no, it came from the Baker Boys. He, he put it out there like this came from the... We actually have a soundbite in our press kit that says... He, he just admitted it. He's like, if it wasn't for the Baker Boys, I, we wouldn't have done this. We wouldn't have done that. So we'll have to send that to you as well so you can clip it in. Yeah, <laughs> right here. <laughs> the roll call was a big deal in New York on Hot 97. Everyone called in here. for that mm -hmm. shit. Yeah. yeah. We had celebrity roll calls, so the celebrities would come up except for Jay-Z. <laughs> <laughs> Drop a rhyme on the, on the roll yeah, call. Yeah, we had, uh, one, I remember one, one morning we had Biz Marquee on and Naughty by Nature and somebody else, and they all did wow. the roll call. It was really cool. Who who's your favorite East Coast artist at that time in the night? Oh God, that's tough. Top three. That's tough. Well, Biggie number one for yeah. me. Yeah, Biggie number one. Busta yeah. Rhymes. Busta Rhymes. Yeah, yeah. Busta's always been great with us. We always have a great time with him because Nick V would do a Busta Rhymes impersonation. Yo, son, final <laughs> <laughs> destination is coming. Destruction time, baby. <laughs> the end is coming. So the end is near, son. So he, they'd be going back and forth, Buster and Buster, you know, going at it. Buster and Buster. <laughs> <laughs> Buster versus Buster. So it was fun. What yeah. was the third oh, one? Third Red, one. Third Red one. Man. Red, Red Man. Man. Wow. Red Man. Okay. Always shows love to Red us City. every time we see him. Probably yes. always had an ill freestyle. And him, right? 
he would always Everybody sneak into the DJ room before his interview. <laughs> He'd always want a DJ. Really? Yeah, well, he used to but be he's a, a DJ. He was he a, DJ a DJ before that. Yeah, that's right. Uh-huh. So he would always go and mess with the turntables all the time. So, you know, he was always great energy. He's still great energy. Um, yeah, so. how would So with Biggie being your favorite rappers, right? Number mm-hmm. one. Yeah. I got to ask. Okay. During the East Coast, West Coast beef. Mm-hmm. During that whole shit. Yep. How, how was it like, you know, how were you guys navigating through that period? We didn't care. We, we, didn't we care. just played it anyway. It had nothing to do with us. Music is music. So you it's, were playing Biggie shit. Yeah. Is, we didn't you guys care. in the morning playing Biggie shit? Yeah. 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 But you guys were getting hate, right? Nah. No. No. Suge Knight no. wasn't knocking at the door? No. Nah, he didn't no. have to. No. We were still playing bad boy stuff at Power 106. Yeah. But was there tension? There must have been some tension, right? I, we none of the our DJs ever got. I feel beat like up. I feel like the beat kind of addressed it more, right? Like for whatever reason, probably, probably. I feel I, like I they addressed it and kind of like had some things to say, especially like when Hit 'Em Up came out. Yeah, you know what, Dominique Prima? Yes, they had a yes. show. They had a street that science clip, that clip, right? Street, street science, science show. Yeah, yeah. where yeah. they would you know break it down and be like, hey, this is what's really going on in hip hop. How so do like you feel about it? That little clip on the on to live and die in L.A. That clip that's like she's like he's he's saying I fucked your wife. Not yeah. in those words yeah, like yeah. a little clip i feel like they kind of just they for whatever reason like if, if the beat just kind of like had an effect it had an effect on them and their jocks a little bit more yeah we really just didn't bring too much light to it yeah you know there was there were issues obviously with you know death row and bad boy at the time and we were trying this was i think this was after biggie was it after he got shot was it after he got killed uh, the whole uh puffy and paradise thing that we did. It was after, yeah. Uh, so, so you know, they wanted to do something with Bad Boy at the radio station, and we were having a big brainstorm about it, and they were like, you know, Puff wants to do a show for the station, but he don't want to come to the West Coast. He's scared right now. He don't want to do it. I said, why do we got to do it here? Let's go somewhere else. Let's go to Hawaii. And we came up with this idea called Puffy in Paradise. And wow. boom, right there. It's like, let's alleviate the issue, and let's go to, the, to Hawaii. And it became a thing where, like, celebrities wanted to go. Like Shaq wanted to go, all these people were like, "I want to go, I want to go." Big, it was, and it was a ticket you couldn't buy; you could only win it. Yeah, you know, and so things like that. You know, like I said, was that there, pre-recorded? Uh, it wasn't live. No, it wasn't, it wasn't live. live. No, it wasn't live. It was a physical event that she went to. It was oh, okay, okay. Immersive experience. Yeah, Hawaii. <laughs> take that, take that. Take yeah, yeah. So there was a prop. There was probably less than 150 people in a ballroom at a hotel. Yeah. And everybody performed. Bad Boy, the entire family. Mm-hmm. Shaq performed. Mm-hmm. Lord Tariq. Everybody who showed up. Maze. Everybody was there. Wow. And it was just 150 people because that's the kind of magic that we help bring to Power 106. Let's do something special that has never been done before. A ticket you can't buy. You got to listen to win. It's always about thinking outside of the box. You know, if you can figure it out. If he's willing to do it, let's 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 make it happen somewhere else so he feels comfortable and safe. And it was no problem after that. You're welcome, Puffy. <laughs> there was a lot of tension, though. You guys didn't get any type of any pull. No. Did you get pull Tupac from up there during that time or no? Nothing. No, no. Really, we yeah. didn't get hung off of side of a building or nothing like that. No. Well, quick, well, going back to Cali was a big record out here. We played the shit out of that. Yeah, huge wow. record. Played out the hell out of it. Yeah, Easy Moby. Easy yep. Moby. He's here in Cali now. Yep. Yeah, shout yeah. to Easy Moby. Yeah, we just had him on the show. A few, oh, dope. A few months yeah. Ago. He was dude. telling us that yeah, Tupac dissed him. When he was out here, and he worked with Pac, <laughs> yeah. So it was yeah, he did. Like, he did uh, with Temptations, Temptations, and uh, we had an opportunity to records. work with Pop. Pistol Grip Pump oh. could have had Pac on it. Oh, yeah, Probably. really. Yeah. What happened? We, Pistol we, Grip Pump. We, we, we failed on that one. <laughs> well, how did Pistol Grip Pump even come to be? It was uh, forced. 
It was forced like a diamond. Like you, you guys, oh, forced, you guys forced the hand. Really? No, we, it was forced upon us by Adrian Miller, a love. We talked about him earlier with the roll call. He was the A and R director at Immortal Records, and he got he signed the hottest freestyle dude in Los Angeles from the Good Life Cafe. If you guys haven't heard about that, Freestyle Fellowship, Ahmad, mm-hmm. t- legions of real dope hip hop freestyle California freestyle dudes. Mm-hmm. That's where it was, and they signed Volume Ten. What was what was that called? The cafe. Good life. Good life. Good life cafe. cafe? Yeah. yeah, in Los Angeles. What was that like? Some like it was like you go buy your open vitamins. Mic. And open you, mic. But well, it was a it, it was, was like I'm health food living your weekend. Lewis's lounge. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Previous to lyrics. I was gonna say lounge. the New Yorkian. What was the yeah. New Yorkian cafe? No, that was yeah. That's what had um Liverpool lounge. Lewis's lounge. Lewis's lounge. Yeah. 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 So yeah, previous to that, here in Los Angeles, there was a freestyle pl- place where they would go and they would open mic it and let people go and freestyle. But during the day, it was a health food store. So the Good Life Cafe. Mm. Get your greens, get your vitamins. Miss B allowed the freestylers of the area, the kids, to come in, grab the mic, and do whatever you wanted. So Volume 10 was the king of the Good, Good Life. Life. So Adrian was like, I need some records for this dude. Blah, blah. He's, he's intricate. He's, you know, very eccentric, very, uh, you know, like operatic. So so he's like, I need a West Coast beat. I need a West Coast beat. And we turned in a couple beats. He was like, no, that's not it. That's not it. And then he's like, here, listen to this. And it was Master Ace. Slaughterhouse. Slaughterhouse. Mm. And they had all the West Coast samples backwards. And it was like, okay, this is, this. I can I hear this. And I thought of it was a diss record to the West Coast because that entire yeah, it was. Master Ace project to me was like, you know, talking shit about your lowriders this, your lowriders that. But it, it turned out well for Master Ace, but... It also inspired Pistol Grip Pump. So in haste and upsetness, which is a word I learned from Puffy. Upsetness. I went <laughs> no to the I went to the Oak uh, to the uh, SP twelve hundred at the Oakwood Apartments. We had just bought one for each of us because we had a um, publishing deal, so we had equipment. And I took these Zap and Roger samples, and I was like, "You want a West Coast beat? Let me give you the simplest West Coast beat I can think of." Boom, boom, boom. Boom, boom, boom. That's it. That's all I'm doing. All right. You want a simple? Because we we were, I won't say we're we're anti West Coast producers, but we didn't. That wasn't our style. Wasn't our style. We wanted to, you know, to to be the young mugs, the young samples. You know, be alchemists. You know, came is another story. We wanted those hard, soulful samples, right? Something. It wasn't the West Coast sound. So we wound up making Pistol Grip Pump. He did it as well. He added some stuff. Some stuff. I added some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Nick. He's gonna downplay what I added to the record. Fuck right. him up. He, Damn. He finished the record. I finished it with the reversed sample from the Humpty Dance. The baseline. <laughs> so we didn't have any keyboards to create those kind of sounds. We hated MIDI. We, we were scared we, of MIDI. We, we would not mess with it. So I was like, shit. Who's what's the biggest record out with a cool baseline on it right now? And so I put the Humpty Dance and then hit it to reverse. And I was like, oh shit. <laughs> Let's go with this, yeah. and it drove the record. It was the driver yeah. of the record, yeah. and also the um, the stuff in the hook, uh, the Beastie Boys, pistol packing, pistol packing, pistol packing, pistol packing, all yeah. the little ear candy. That's all me. That's what I do. I don't. I don't produce. Nick does. Nick does all like the main production. Meat and I always, potatoes. I always add the spice. Yeah. I always add the extra elements Cilantro. that are missing. Because I hear things like, oh, we gotta add this. We need to add this. We need to, do that. you know. Um, did you add the cameo there? Uh, you did that. So like those little sounds, the little that made it, that finished it. And then so we did it as a demo 
We were at Power 106 uh, in the production studio. Uh, where it's the same studio where Biggie recorded the vocals for uh, the Benjamins uh, Baker Boys drop. Mm. And so we did it as a demo on a 16 track, one inch tape. And that became the record. That was the actual record that they mixed. Yeah, we used the vocals from the demo for the actual song. Yeah. And um, we were trying to get him to redo it, but he couldn't do it. Smoke too much. He's smoking too much weed, man. He couldn't get <laughs> in all his breath. You so know. how does Tupac come into this? Well, um, go ahead. Tell him about M's. M's operator M's from New York. I know M's. Yeah. Worked yeah. with our boy here at Interscope oh, Records. Yeah, and we used to live in Bakersfield, as we would say. But we would go and do the rounds. We would go to all the all different record labels and stuff. So he was like, "Turn me in some beats for for Pac. Turn me in some beats." So we gave. We, you didn't want to give him any. No, beats we didn't. For Pac. I don't think we gave him anything. So Pistol Grip Pump was on one of those beat tapes. Mm -hmm. There was another dude in Bakersfield, a young rapper that we tried to give it to, but he refused to take it as well. <laughs> well, it got hated on by a friend of ours. Uh, rest in peace to Casey. But he was like, yo, this record is trash. This record is terrible. He would be like, yo, they gave you the worst beat ever. This is terrible. <laughs> and, and Casey was a white dude, but he was like black. black. He was like the blackest white. Like he taught us how to play spades. How to play, <laughs> like he, yo, he taught us all kinds of uh, dominoes, spades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Try to barbecue. Yo, yeah. he, he used to ball as well. Like yeah, you know what I mean. So Casey was he just talked shit. Let and, me blow the whistle for Casey yeah, Walker. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> and he was a coach too. He was a basketball coach. Yeah. He coached the youth, you know, before he died as well. So rest in power, brother. Yeah. So um, you know that beat. We gave it to somebody else, and he was like, nah, don't do it on that beat, and then it became Pistol Grip Pump. I don't know why, Eric V. Why didn't you want to give the tape to— I, I wasn't a big fan of Tupac, Pop. honestly. I, I'm, I'm really? not I'm not, a, I'm not oh, a big shit. fan of him. To this day? Uh, to this day. I mean, I'll— Why, listen, why? Uh, I felt, I felt like his his rap style was very whiny. I felt that it was very— You know, I just it just didn't resonate with me, honestly. Yeah. It, didn't, it didn't click with me. You know, I mean, he has made some good records. He made some better records as he went on with his career. But the early parts of his career, it was like, you know, Brenda got a baby and stuff like that. Right. And I understand it's a conscious thing. It's a, it's a, he's trying to put a message out there. I get it now as I'm older. But at the time when I was younger, it didn't resonate with me personally. Yeah. You know, I, I, it just didn't click with me. It's interesting because like when I think of Pac, I think of his verse on uh, Same Old Song. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is an insane verse. It was one of the best same song verses yeah. I heard from Same Old Song. And it was like eight bars, I think. Yeah, but it was amazing. It <laughs> yeah. was so good because I was young and I would just rewind it. The and flow. We, we would want to hear, you know, now I clown around when I come around yeah. with the underground. It was just a frown. We used to just keep, we would just repeat that shit. Right. Because yeah. you know, it's funny. It's funny because I feel like a lot of West Coast people are conflicted with him because mm -hmm. a lot of his stuff, Early did sound very East Coast, poured out a little liquor, right. no more pain. Like all those records were very like East Coast sounding. Maybe that's a lot of the production, right? Like a lot of the stuff we was coming out with, the production was from I don't East know. Coast. When Pac really hit his stride, it, it had to be, you know, with I Get Around for us. I Get Around right. was the first record the, I liked. That was Pac. a mix show record. Yeah. We that broke was, that on Friday Night Flavors. So M's kept giving us records. Yo, play this, play this, play. I was like, I was like, no, it's not gonna work it's not it's 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 not a good record it was a b-side yeah. then he put wait he, what, what were you like what were you not trying to play like, probably, i don't even like remember trapped, the record or something yeah trap was uh, maybe, brenda's got a baby maybe holla at me i think oh, at the time oh, for the first was, album apocalypse yeah so and then he finally sent me he brought me the wax for i get around right i was like you finally got a record nice. this is the record I go, this is the one that's going to break. Mm -hmm. And I was right. I mean, we have, like, we've broken so many records, dude. Like, we've been right more than wrong on records when we go there. Like, latest one, 
I've been playing this Billie Eilish record, Armani White, for four fucking months. Yeah. That shit's starting to hit now, finally. Feel the, that? The finally. Yeah, 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 because of TikTok. Yeah, well, yeah, that, that doesn't hurt, but yeah. still... I was on it. We were on it early. Uh-huh. You know, those records, when I see them, like even the, the Kendrick record finally started coming back. The Die Hard record. We were on that when it first came out. Yeah. When the album came out, I was spearheading it and it wasn't doing shit. It was, well, the, it was actually the finances falling finances were behind it yet. They had a, they, you know, the finances have to be behind it yeah. with these record labels. They're not going to spend money and it's not going to get to a certain point unless there's money being spent promotion wise. Promotion wise, yeah. But, but, you know, um, you know, we've had a good track record of that. And that, I think that's what, keeps us consistent that we're playing the right records not every record but the right records along with the current ones that are charting right now it's such a like weird time right now everything's so hit or miss mm-hmm. it's like the, you know you like we hear like you hear the songs I, i'll listen to an album i'll be like these are the hits these stand out mm-hmm. yeah but you know something else will That's, just catch fire yeah and then it would I'd just be like well this this is the real hit to yeah, me. Yeah. You don't have all the answers. No. <laughs> I obviously don't. I, I obviously don't. Are you losing your touch? <laughs> no late. Nick Nick V is a lot more passionate about music than I am as far as that goes. I take my personal personal feelings out of it for the most part. I cannot. Like there's records that that I'll play on on the mix show yeah. that he won't play. Hold on. Drake is the only thing that has, you know, the 15 year legs. As far as I'm concerned, our old school hip hop show is starting to play Drake stuff now. Yeah. So you know, are you guys pushing the year back or every every year it yeah. goes back. Every year it comes up. Yeah. So old school. Right now? Ten years back is old school now. So right now Ooh. you're in 2012. Wait, old school's ten years back. That means in 2012, whatever was in 2012 was old school now. Yeah. Yeah. What I mean, who decided that? When did that come from? Is that the rule for for? I mean, that sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. Think Dude, about it. I think about that. it when you're in the club and you're playing an old school joint. What is your old school joint? Dr. Dre, next episode. It depends. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nothing, but not, it's the same, it's the same old, 50 Cent in the club. Yeah, in the club. Uh, okay, that's nothing, 2003. Nothing but a G thing. Shit like that. You know, that's this. It's the shit, same shit that's been working. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, you're looking at it. You know? Like, for, the clubs, for the clubs, it's different, yeah. though. I see it in, like, you know, obviously 10 years to me isn't old school, but then, like, 20 years ago usually kind of like recycles back into the club. Well, that will also work as well because kids did not hear it before. So it's all new to them. Right. Yeah. Because in the 2000s, when I was in New York, when we were in the clubs, mm-hmm. it was this revival of 80s music. Yeah. All of that 80s shit was popping in New York. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we were mixing in all the 80s. Yeah. yeah. And now we're in the like 2020s, obviously. Yeah. And all of this 2000s shit is getting recycled into. You got to think about the know? kids that are in the club from either 18, it depends on your club, to yeah. 21, to 25, to 28. Their parents, what their parents were listening to is what they're going to love. Yep. So whatever they're, you know, just got to do the, I always do the math for me. Okay, what's my crowd? How many years ago were they in high school? Boom, this is a target year for me. So start thinking in your head, what is going to fucking pop off to these kids mm-hmm. that were in high school at that time? So that's how I do my my sets usually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so wait. I want to go back to Tupac. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You weren't a fan of Tupac. No, you didn't want him on the record, so you never sent in the beat. None no, we beats. never sent in any beats for. <laughs> we us. didn't give him a beat tape. And yeah. Nick, you were okay with that at the time? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't a big Pac fan at, at, wow. at that time either. Honestly, Ooh. really, because we were yeah. East Coast junkies, dude. We, you know, we were playing tribe called quest right you know you know we're playing buster rhymes we're playing east coast shit even cypress hill was king to us at that point in time 91 92 93 Mm -hmm. that's our old school that's our underground hip-hop even ice cube we loved ice cube yeah and tupac was no ice cube at that point in time to me still Mm -hmm. not yeah the pin come on bro 
Come Ice Cube over no, Pac Ice all day long. Top five, Even so DOC for us, yeah. his ability, his right, his style. Come on, Dr. Dre chose him right. So when you when you guys look at the '90s and what kind of fans you were, you guys were backpack East Coast hip hop, East Coast yes. backpack. Yes. Rap. So I have a question: When Common came out with "I Used to Love Her," bro, you love that record. We, we played the shit out of that. But we did broke you, that. But did you agree with what he was saying about like hip hop going to the West? Yeah, Ice Cube and all of that shit. Because all these West Coast motherfuckers took offense to that. And then yeah, the boys was, in the hood reference and all that. Yeah, I mean, no, was, we weren't those boys in the hood. We were the boys from Bakersfield, and we loved hip hop. Yeah. We didn't take that shit personal because we were fans of the culture, wherever it was from. Still yeah. are. We've never veered There's from that. There's never been a, a coast thing with us. Like, oh, it's from the South. We're not going to play it. Oh, it's from the East Coast. We're not going to play it. Music That's is- That's a New York thing. So yeah. You, could, you guys can hold on to that. <laughs> yeah. And you guys are still paying Here for that go, shit. Yo. And you're still paying for it, right? I mean, <laughs> Daddy Puffy just came out and said, we're behind, we're behind. If it's good, it's good. <laughs> Daddy Puffy. <laughs> How do you say that in Spanish, bro? Um, Bufist. Wait, is, is that an East Coast thing? Yeah. It was. It was. It was, right? Hating on other regions because it didn't sound like something and, uh, so we played. Come on, son. Would you guys play Outcast? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we broke Outcast. No, yes. but you know what, man? We were playing like ju- Juvenile High. We were playing. Yeah, all but that, that was like in the late 90s, though. Like, that was like going into 2000. We started to like play a little bit more. I'm talking 93, 94, 95. Where no, was the East Coast playing, playing West Coast stuff? Who? Who's playing Cypress Hill? Yeah, yeah. They were playing that shit. So, so was it Mitch I'm going to be honest Keep with you. I'm going to be honest with you. We all thought, because there's a Cypress Hill in New York. We thought Cypress Hill, Hill was, was from, from New York. Because yeah. <laughs> right. the yeah. first video, How Could Kill a Man? They shot it in New York. Shot Q-tip in... was in it. It was in New York. We were like, yo, these dudes are dope. They're from New York. Yeah. They're Puerto Rican. Tricked you. There was a reason they shot it in New York. For that, to, to trick, trick y'all, the New York motherfuckers. Because there's yeah. a Cypress Hill in the Bronx. Yeah, that's why I thought, damn, these guys must be from the Bronx. Yeah. Man. So where does that hate come from? <laughs> I don't know. Stop Stop weather, bro. How did this become a? Uh, what's where did that hate come from, and how did you channel it? How did this all the way from the East Coast. Because it's starting to evolve. It's starting to come back. You guys, you know, in East Coast. Now I'm going to call you guys and us guys, apparently, because we're doing East Coast, West Coast. But I'm saying it's like all of a sudden it's coming back. It's like where did our style come from? Where did our style go? Because there was no support, and you didn't support other people's style when you had the crown, that had the seat in hip hop. You looked against it. People broke records on the radio and said, fuck that. We're not playing that West Coast shit. People took sides. Wait, wait. But when, I, I thought this was a problem in the 2000s. If this was a problem in the 90s with East Coast radio. I didn't realize that. I thought oh. it was more of a problem in the 2000s, right? Yeah, they so, wouldn't. I mean, nah, in the, in the 90s, nah. East Coast wasn't playing too much West Coast. Music. So they weren't playing Snoop Dogg. Uh, this, yeah, this is interesting. We because I feel like Doggy they just mad like we wasn't playing Mac 10 or some shit like that. Like, Never. We but it wasn't never E forty, too short in, the e, wasn't in New York. Yeah, but we wasn't getting down to that. Yeah, like, yeah. I get it. Yeah, but, but guess what? We were playing East Coast shit hardcore because we got down with it because we loved hip hop. Yeah, but the East Coast shit was kind of it was it was, it was Chicago is just common. Okay, <laughs> it was Chicago's from common. Uh, uh, Comments from Chicago. Chicago. Who are the other East Coast people that we really really love and Doug Big L. Of course, Nas was awesome. Yo, Nev, come on, you gotta admit all this shit. When you hear these West Coast records in the in the nineties, I would I would watch Rap City. I'd watch Yo MTV Rap. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and I'm hearing these West Coast. You know, for us, the beats didn't hit, and the lyrics. Can I add something? And the lyrics were so simplistic, Mm -hmm. and we were just like, "Uh." now you know how I felt about making Pistol Grip Pump (laughs) when you were making that. When he made it, yeah, because you wanted to make an East Coast record. Yes, Yes. Yeah. 
think about I think I think the, the psychologically mu- there, right? I think the music wasn't hitting because I feel like a lot of West Coast music has to do with the car culture in LA. Mm-hmm. And you guys don't really fucking car care culture, anyway. gang culture, street culture. Mm-hmm. So you guys can't understand Mexicans, it, like, it was just Mexican. cruising. It was a different sound. Mm-hmm. And then but we, we but we know? love Cypress Hill though. Yeah, because it was East Coast but production. Was, yeah, that was East Coast. But, but it was like East Coast. But it was a West Coast. Like he just said, it was about uh, driving. Like um, no, I'm talking about like Snoop Dogg, Mac Ten, uh, Dub C, uh, all those guys at that but time. But those it's are very. Those are so. Re- they, they sound so regional. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Culture, except for Cube. It, except for Cube. Like well, definitely because he went those, to Bomb Squad, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, Bomb yeah. Squad. Yeah. Once again, East Coast production. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it just is different. But I, I do feel that there was maybe like you know this East Coast elitism. Like we're. Maybe. We we make sophisticated hip hop. <laughs> yeah, you know, like you have to. We have standards in the East Coast. Instead of uh, so. welcoming hip hop from everywhere, you guys shunned it. That was the problem. Shut it out. Well, how did, shut it out uh, because hip hop. Hip hop is hip hop. Is there's there's different regions. There's different sounds. But you know, you eventually had to conform to allowing that stuff to come through because the stuff that was being made at the East Coast wasn't cracking at that time. And then that's when. They, At what time? What that, time was it? Whatever year that was when it started kind of like all the other stuff started bleeding into the radio station to the rotation. Like Warren G. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Who was playing Warren G? Yeah. That was like in 90, 95, 96, 95. Well, I think, it was, I think Warren G was getting pushed in the East Coast because he was yeah. on Def Jam. Yeah. yeah, exactly, yeah. They, they and he actually a, helped Def Jam get put back on because Def Jam kind of fell off. Yeah, yeah, Def Jam West literally saved Def Jam. Yeah. 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 That's what it was. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Yep. Oh yeah, because yeah, yeah, because it was like there was a ton of horrible like LL Cool J record with like forty one shots <laughs> to the dome or some <laughs> shit. Yeah, yeah, so. forty shots to the dome. Yeah, what year yeah. was that? Like that had to be ninety four. It was like 94. Yeah, damn. So literally, you know, a lot of stuff came from the West Coast that actually helped the, the East Coast as well. Looking at it in hindsight, of yeah. course, you know, absolutely. Yeah, but we never. Played favoritism as far as we're concerned. We never said, oh, fuck that. That's for the East Coast. We ain't playing that shit. Fuck that. All the artists that came to see us loved us so much because we showed them so much love. You could ask Red Man, you can ask Method Man, you ask any of the East Coast dudes, the elders of Mm -hmm. hip hop, that the foundation, they know who we are. They love us to respect us. Uh, Inspector Deck just followed us out of the blue. Like, what hey, the fuck? Bro? I didn't. I didn't realize that. <laughs> I remember. I remember. Um, Funkmaster Fletch went off on um, West Westside Connection. Mm-hmm. He was like, "Fuck these guys, this yeah. and that." He was like, "We don't play this shit in New York." Yeah. So funny stories that you brought Westside Connection up. We know we used to get into Hot ninety seven all the time because we were sister stations and we put Flex on in the West Coast. Yeah. So he would let us go up there and drop a set whenever we wanted to. Whenever we were in town, we're like, Flex, we're here. Bring your records up. And I would play West Coast shit. I would just drop it. I was like, that wow. new dub C. That new dub C. I'm trying to I'm trying to like break this shit here. Come right. on, guys. Show love. And how was the energy? I, I mean, it was in a radio station. I was at the radio station. You make up the energy how you go. Yeah. You don't know what the kids are saying. I don't know if they put on anything or like that DJ sucks. Who knows? But probably it's New York. They probably said, take that West Coast shit off. Right? But Flex is not going to put that on. Probably not. Not while I'm on the, on the mix right, right there. Right, he, right. I'm his guest. But ask Flex. What, what were the phone calls like when the Baker Boys played that West Coast shit? Curious. What was it? <laughs> Come on. It's got to be haterism. Come I mean, on. From, it's in the blood. From what I understand, you know. <laughs> from what I understand out there, you know, when they would do clubs or nights and stuff and, and actually sprinkle in some West Coast, it wouldn't get it wouldn't get a bad reception. It, it went over okay from what I remember from people that lived out there or that said they would hear it out there, you know. 
So I don't know. I mean, the the thing with the East Coast and New York, especially, they cherry picked who was, I guess, like accepted. Accepted, right? right. Mm -hmm. It was the gatekeepers accepting certain people in. Mm -hmm. So, from my perspective as a consumer in New York, growing up as a kid, I'm like, yo, we played West Coast shit because I heard certain West Coast artists and certain songs that kind of bled through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then all the songs that didn't, I would see on Rap City mm-hmm. or YoMTV TV Raps. Yep. And I'm not gonna lie, I would be like, yo, this these ain't popping. They they ain't hit. And I think, you know, some of the some of the artists that would pop would be like MC Breed, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was like he was real big at that time. It was like, yeah, there was like a yeah. few hip on West Coast records that would pop off in the East Coast. Like yeah. Yeah. Said, Especially the Pac one. You gotta get yours. I gotta get mine. Like yeah. the, Fletch would yeah. play that all the time. Ain't no future in my front and all yeah. that shit. That was that was popping. Yeah, but if for he's us that Detroit, was big, you know, he's from Detroit or oh, Michigan, but it's a, it was a West Coast yeah, sounding West Coast record, sounding yeah. huge West Coast sounding record. Anything with Zap and Roger sampled in it or Funkadelic or anything like that. So it's so it's interesting. So like I didn't really feel that New York so that, was behind till the two thousands or the two thousand tens. I think after the South got a hold of that. Yeah, shit. when that South got a hold of shit, the YT shit. Like on my white tee, the snapping sound. The beginning of the end for Aug Coast <laughs> uh, was probably uh, 1996, 98. Uh, so Master, Death Row kind of film. Master P. Okay. I'm about to say that. Yeah, go ahead. No uh, Limit. The, and no, no Limit and the Millionaires. Uh, the Cash Money. Cash, Cash Money Millionaires. Well, they changed the game. They mm, literally yeah, yeah. changed the shit. But when they came to the Universal Republic deal, they gave them $80 million because they came with 60 titles going into the system. So they already were ahead of everybody at that point. Then they start dropping it, drop it, drop it. Drake, and then, and that, and that. OVO, people are not giving enough credit to Canada because they've been running shit for the last five years, mm-hmm. 15 years, 12 years as far as I'm concerned. Since Justin yeah. You might Bieber, think there's, uh, because the association with Drake and, you know, down south or what have you, but that shit is Canada. You think it's more of that or more yeah, of yeah. Death Row falling off or a combination of both? Uh, well, I mean, for me, the death of hip-hop had to be after the, the Pac and, and Biggie um, debacle here. Yeah. In hip-hop. For me, that's when hip-hop inside of me left, you know, like a ghost. <clears throat> because it was like, man, that those, you know, that shit is not happening. It's happening right in front of me and this is my job. Mm-hmm. These, are, these are my peers, you know what I mean? And people are shooting and... You know, Wu-Tang Clan wouldn't perform at our Friday Night Flavors anniversary after Biggie got shot because in fear of their life mm. here in Los Angeles. Right. Yeah. So it was a really tough period for me, you know. Um, and, and then uh, Snoop went to No Limit. Which was a great thing. And I, and I applaud Master P and Snoop Dogg, and they still have a great relationship. And he's I, got a new cereal coming out. Got a new cereal. <laughs> Snoop Loops. And that album was one of my favorite Snoop albums, actually, at well, that point in time. Because I like that Southern West Coast connection. And it showed unity mm-hmm. and opportunity right mm-hmm. there. So has Was it the Game is to be sold, not told album? Yeah. Yeah. Good job. Wow. Uh, Priority Records. Yeah. No, this, that was an interesting time, man. Because were, were you guys actually on the air? Yeah, we were at Power No, uh, when, when the, the murders happened. Yeah. You guys? Yeah. Yeah. 96 and 97. We were actually supposed to be at that party uh, that Biggie got shot. Oh, shit. I didn't go. I didn't go that day. So, yeah, we were going to be at that vibe party. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I didn't go for whatever reason. I decided not to go. And I woke up the next day or I got a call the next morning that that had happened. I was like, wow, that's freaking crazy. Were you guys close to Biggie or no? Uh, we never had barbecues. Yeah, we we yeah, <laughs> uh, we did have a, a meet and greet with him at, at Ribs USA across the street from and Power One Hundred Six, where that picture was taken. Where that picture was taken in front of Nick's uh, Continental, 
yeah. uh, the town car. My Lincoln town car. Yeah, but, um, you know, we've seen the evolution from when he first started to where he became when, when we when he came out with his second album. You know, when he first came out, he was just hungry, just gritty, just this and that. The second album, he was way, he was just at a better, in a better place. Better energy. Better energy. Happy, smiling. Happy, smiling. The first time we seen him, he was just like, you know, really just like. Straight out the hood. Yeah. Yeah, it was a different energy. He switched from that to being happy. You Ashy know? to classy. Yeah. You guys had like one of his last interviews. Like he he was in um, L.A. to promote the album. Yeah. He yeah. The show. yeah. He was supposed to perform at, at one of the powerhouses for us. Oh, well, it he was, was on the bill. It was the anniversary. It was the it, Baker Boys Friday Night Flavors yeah. at five year anniversary. Wow. It was Outkast, Cypress Hill, Wu Tang Clan, Biggie, and one more. I don't know who else. Oh, Mob Deep. Yeah. That was the lineup. And we were promoting it. And he was there. He was like, we, he's in California, so he's going to be performing for us. Yeah. And that's when he dropped the freestyle for us, the written uh, joint for us. But yeah. Like Eric said, he was in, in good spirits. And we loved that. We appreciated that. And a lot of our relationships were just that. We never did the Khaled thing where we would, you know, latch on to these people and, and try to hang out with them in the studio, which we should have. Yeah, that was our fault. We should have. We, we should have taken those, those relationships. Take advantage of it. And done more stuff with them. But we were kind of like, we wanted our relationships to be golden with these folks. So when they came in, we, we did the promotion, the marketing and this like that. Congratulations, your new album, whatever. See you next time. Yeah. And that was it. We never got anybody's phone numbers. We never, you know, did that kind of stuff because we just, we weren't there. Uh, and we were focused on our job there at Power 106. We had a lot of things going on. So, well, we could have been in the studio with all these cats. We should have. 100%. I mean, it's kind of, it's, it's hard to navigate at that time, right? Because there were so many artists at that time. and and Yeah, I mean, and for us, you know, we were on daily. You know, it wasn't just a Friday night show for us anymore. It was like every day, every day, every yeah, day. Yeah, but we, we had access to everybody. We just didn't take advantage of it. But, it, but it's everybody also, was coming through. Everybody came through. I feel like everything is streamlined now. Like, you know, everyone has a team. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't have a team now. You don't yeah. have someone thinking of, like, if it would, like, imagine if you know now what you did, you know, 20, 30 years ago, yeah. Yeah. you'd have a bunch Art. of young cats producing for you guys and you'd be sure. having making beats and, you know, you'd have all of these. A whole machine behind you working. Back to the sweatshop mentality. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man. You know, it's very different. It's very different now. Yeah. That's, absolutely. Um, I, I want to talk about you you guys put a lot of people on. <laughs> and one of the people that you I mean, you put a couple people on. Just a couple. Yeah. A few, a lot of people <laughs> a on. A lot of people. But you put on E Man, right? You were discovering a lot of talent. You put on um Big Boy, actually. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Going. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wanted to talk about Big Boy. Okay, that would be a Nick V story. I had nothing to a do Nick with v that story. one. Like I said earlier to everybody, I'm a talent guy. When I see talent, when I see energy, when I see charisma, when I see something that uh, that might hold a future, I look at it and I re you know respect it and I help it along. I'm a conduit of energy. I didn't know that then. I know it now. We all are energy, and it's an energy exchange. And I'm just here along for the ride to do my share to help elevate whatever that I feel. So big boy, uh, we met him through, I don't know who, the far, far side, side probably came up. He was their security or something. Security yeah, right? guard for the far side. And then Fuzzy. Fuzzy was close friends with, with Big. Shout to Fuzzy. And so they you know, basically took me under their wings and did hood rat shit. Took me gun shooting, you know, I used to buy cell phones from him, you know, uh, clock cell phones, you know, back in the day. 
So, um, yeah, just doing hood rat shit and eventually became a relationship. He got the hotline number at Power 106 on Friday nights. Pistol Grip Pump was one of his favorite songs of all time. So he would call us up. Can you play Pistol Grip Pump? Like the Wu-Tang song, again and again and again. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what he used to do for Pistol Grip Pump. So he was a big fan and he had like 18-inch woofers in his Suburban. So he wanted to hear that bass. Eric V did that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I would put him on the air sometimes. He's like, Baker Boys, yo, Baker Boys, can you please play Pistol Grip Pump again? It sounds so good in my sound system. So that's how the relationship pretty much started. When you and Big Boy, mm-hmm. and yeah. then and then you got did you guys bring him on the radio or like started incorporating they, him in your show? Yeah, they had an idea to do a uh, a, a, a show or a little segment because we had several people that would come on the show once in a while. Adrian Miller had a little segment. Well, like I heard like the janitor. At your radio Tito. station, Tito. Tito. Yeah, Tito. Same thing. You guys put him on. Same yeah. thing. Yeah, we brought Tito in. We brought E Man. We brought Big Boy. We brought blah blah blah. blah. The list goes on and on. And power on. would not be power without the Baker Boys. We were literally the Steve Jobs of that station. I like that. The Walt yeah. Disney motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> you could take that too. That's fine. But you know, E Man. So we had a DJ contest for Friday Night Flavors, and we were looking for a DJ. I got about 40 tapes. I went through every single mixtape everybody sent me. And I was like, nope, Mm-mm. nope, nope. And I'm a harsh critic. I do not give credit unless it's deserved, period. I'm not going to be like, oh, this is good. If you work on it, you'll be better. No, it's either yes or no. It's gray, black and white for me here. Great coach. Yeah, yeah. So either you're going to play or you're not. You're going to be on the bench the rest of your life. You know what I mean? Fuck you. <laughs> so, Tough love, this guy. Yeah, exactly. So I heard E-Man's. I was like, he gets it. He understands programming. He could scratch. He could blend good. So we brought him up on Friday night to do a live mix on the air. Uh, dude, he was so nervous. His hands were just like trembling, uh, shaking. He was so nervous, but... You know, uh, E-Man was a great DJ, you know, at, at, at the time when, when, we, when I first brought him in and he, he, he took that opportunity and expanded, mm-hmm. you know, became, you know, the, one of the mixers and started mixing on uh, a big Friday boy show, flavors, Friday Night Flavors, and then it expanded from there. And, you know, he's been there for over 20 something years. Longer yeah, than yeah. us. Longer than us. The legacy lives on. Yeah. Baker Boys. Yeah, so <laughs> that that happened. That's how he got on as I discovered him through a mixtape. And I, I, like like he said, we see and hear and feel talent. We know when it's right. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, there's not too many people we brought to the table that have been wrong for the most part. And uh, Tito, same situation. We were working in the morning show during the mornings. He would come in every morning about nine o'clock or so. And he was taking the trash out, you know, taking the, the garbage this, out. He was I, the, I really love this story yeah, he's about a, Tito. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's a, he was the head superintendent of the building, and so he would take it out, and every day I would talk to him. You know, hey, what's up, Tito? How you doing? On you know, air, on air. Oh, no, this was off air. Oh, off air. This was off air. So we talk about football, this and that. He's a huge Raiders fan, so I oh, fucking Raiders suck. I always tell him. You know, we just talk shit to each other and stuff like that. And I, I just created a connection with him. And then one day I was like, Nick, let's throw Tito on the air and see what happens. Yeah. And boom, he became a star. Like, and then so he went with us from the morning show to the afternoon show. And then we came up with this thing called Tito's Top Four at Four, which was like a top four countdown. But we made Tito uh, introduce the records, introduce the records in his broken accent. And I would change all the, the lyrics, lyrics. Or the, the titles of the, of the song. Yeah. 
you know, West Coast, my hood rat, da da da, Ice Cube or whatever. I would write all his stuff down for him and tell him, okay, this is number four, this is number three, number two. I used to love that. Yeah, so, <laughs> so all that. the dumb shit that he would say came from me. Oh my God. Hood he, rat, chicken head. I taught him all the lingo. So wait a minute. You actually found your voice through Tito. Maybe. Very I guess, early yeah. on. Yeah. So. He was a writer. It's like SNL writer. Yeah. <laughs> So, a ghostwriter, behind bro. the scenes. So I would write. Yo, Tito is a star. Yeah, <laughs> totally. I would write the, the the songs down for him, and then people would have to call and mimic Tito. Yes. So they'd have they'd have to do it like Tito. In the a best is accent. when a girl would try to do it. Yeah, a girl would try to call in and mimic Tito. What was it? Be just like a, was it like a thick Hispanic, like what Mexican accent? What was it? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But it was complete broken English. Somebody went to try it. Spanglish. You yeah. try it. You guys, you heard it. Jamie had to try it. I don't know. I'll, I'll like, do it because I, I know Spanish, so I can like try to do. <laughs> yeah. So what would it be? I get around by Tupac. Let's say number four, level number four. Like, so he'll try to say it in English? He, no. He, yeah, we, he would say it in English. Yeah, absolutely. But we changed the name. Um, like, I would say, like, I get around with hood rats. That would be the name of the song instead by, of I get around. By Tupacas. Yeah, Tupacas. <laughs> so, uh, number four, uh, Tupacas. I get around hood ra- with hood rats. You know, so you would have to call it's as a listener and say the same thing. <laughs> exactly. Number four. Yeah. I, Tupacas. I get around with hood rats. Yes. <laughs> and so we would do four songs like that. We yeah. play the song, people would call up, yeah. and they try to say it like Tito. Yeah. And win a prize. There's a great story about. Uh, what you guys did with Tito during the OJ trial, right? Oh, I don't remember this. Remind us. Yeah, remind us. Where there was, you know, the the OJ trial had a Judge Ito. Uh, Oh, yeah. And then you had... Oh, we did the Judge judge (laughs) Ito, right? There was a Judge Ito, a Japanese judge for the OJ trial. (laughs) Yeah. Lance Ito. (laughs) Yeah. So then they, they sent Tito... There, I guess, dressed as a judge Probably. to the courthouse. To, to the courthouse, yeah. And they went on the radio and said, "If you find Judge Tito, yeah, you get if you fi- you get powerhouse tickets, yes. yes." And it got so crazy, there was mobs of people chasing Tito, Tito, Tito. down the street, yeah. and he's running away from them. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> what a judge! And it got on like TV, got on the news, it yeah. got on, it, it went viral in like you know, in, in back in the days, back in the day, <laughs> back in the days was viral it from was a on the simple news. janitor to being chased by like like the Beatles. Yeah, yeah. You know, this is the power of the Baker Boys. <laughs> is, this, is this clip on YouTube? No, I know. No, this is pre-YouTube, bro. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it might be. We got to look for it. Yeah, we got to look for some it stuff. Might be a, but that's pretty crazy. So those are like the those are like the stunts and those the we, pranks that you guys used to do. We would do so much dumb shit with Tito. Um, probably my favorite one is they were doing a study. Um, what's it called? Perception study, right? So the... The program, not the programmers, the 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 heads at the station at the time, kind of had it out for us. They were kind of like, "All right, we're going to prove that what you guys are doing is not working with the audience, right?" So they wait. Why is that though? It is what it is. I mean, you don't want to get it. It was a difficult time at that time. Let's just say because they, our old boss left. They brought some people in that shouldn't have been in charge, and so they were trying to like dismantle the show mm-hmm. to show that it wasn't working and why it wasn't working. So we were doing stunts with Tito, you know, so they would play it to an audience and they'd listen to it and react to what it is. We're watching behind a double glass thing, watching what's going on. So we're playing the bit and they're, they're, they're going to hate this. They're going to hate this. That's what they kept saying. They're going to hate this. And so we're playing a bit of Tito uh, with peanut butter on his ass cheeks. Okay. On each side of his ass cheek. <laughs> And the listener has to lick his ass <laughs> clean to get tickets to whatever we were giving away at the time. Holy shit. Wait, this is real? Yes. 
Real. You could never do that now. Not now. <laughs> no, no. This is in the 90s. This is TikTok before TikTok, bro. Okay. <laughs> this we is were, the peanut butter challenge. We, we bring, yeah. Wait, you, <laughs> wait, we'll bring it back with Tito. Wait, did you have, you had men or women on? It doesn't matter. That. What does it matter? Is it, do you have a preference? <laughs> <laughs> you imagine the heat they would get if they had a woman licking Tito's ass? Right I now? might have been a woman. Is it ja- a Mexican oh, no. janitor? Yeah. So, so that's what happened. They were showing, you know, they were testing it, and that's like even worse than Howard Stern. I'm about to no? say that, man. He's like, I'm in. He's like, sign me up. How do you think they beat Howard Stern, bro? Yeah. So we did that, and uh, they were watching him. They're like, they're gonna fucking hate. Motherfuckers were dying. They were laughing at their ass off. Everybody in the room was losing their mind. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe they're doing this. This is great. This is so funny. Da, 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 da. It's like, I don't understand. Why Why is this funny to them? You know, first of all, you're not Latino. You don't get it. You're not. You're, you're white, middle-aged women. You're not going to get it. You're not the culture. You're not going to understand. They have our mentality. We have their mentality. So we're going to do stuff that makes us laugh. Mm-hmm. And that's always been a thing with me and Nick. We just want to have fun. That's it. We laugh at each other. We fuck with each other. Like he says dumb shit to me every day when we're on the radio. You know, like uh, today we were doing, uh, I was doing, I joined a dating app. So we were doing dating. Wait, which app? Uh, I'm on Hinge and what else is it? Uh, Bumble. Bumble, right? So Which one is working best for you? None, none of them yet. <laughs> <laughs> none of them yet. But I'm going through all the pictures, and then he's saying dumb shit, you know, comment, commenting on their pictures, and we're just talking shit back and forth. Wait, Nick, how does his profile look on Hinge and Bumble? Have you seen Can his profile? Can we get profile? a screenshot or you put it on the screen? Fuck you. No. Hell no. <laughs> Go find me. It looks okay. On one of them, he can use... He can, use a voicemail so i'm trying to encourage him to leave a voicemail of him yeah you can leave voicemail on there so they can hear your voice Interesting. that would be perfect. i can actually play one let me find one while you guys are talking and i'll play one of one of the girls on there yeah because i feel like your profile on these like on these dating apps is yeah. very important you need like and you need like because i was talking about a boy he's on it all the time right he's like you need a picture with a suit you need one oh. suit picture oh you need one vacation picture oh Right, so right to show that I go on holiday, I have enough money to travel. That's what on. it was. Right? You got to sell the show. You got to sell yourself. <laughs> All right, right. So, so here's one. This this woman has one up here, and she says, "Don't hate me if I." And then this is her response. If I live in Atlanta, but my location says that I'm in your country, it's okay. I have a passport. I'm looking for a friend that I could possibly really end up liking hmm. and then come visit or we can travel together yeah, it's yeah. All good hmm. so he wants me to put one of those up there like a, a voice what message. would you, you want should. him to say I, yeah i have no idea what to say so <laughs> Tell him how you're blushing a little bit how, how what how you're blushing a little bit oh no <laughs> Yeah. That's called that's called being hungry. <laughs> oh my god. Hunger pains. Oh my god. What about you? Are you on any dating apps or no? No, he's I, I hung up uh, hang up my uh player shoes. Player shoes. He's like you got a wedding ago. ring on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm happily married second time uh to a beautiful beautiful soul and spirit. We're growing a business together. We're working on a baby together. Yeah, talk together. about your business, Nick V. With, yeah, with her. We me and my wife hand pour soy wax candles uh, during the full moon. Capturing all the magnetic energy of the full moon. We put crystals on top of those candles and then I bless them with the Mayan drone flute. So we're really trying to help people clear energy and raise frequencies in their home, in their lives, 
We use Palo Santo, Sage, mm. and a lot of the other earth medicines that are out there available to us. We're Love just that. trying to nice. Can you make that. a can you make a candle for Jay Z, please? <laughs> the brother needs it. Is there sugar one? Is there a website for the candles or where yes, you can get it? House of Sueño means dreams. Sueño. Dream in Spanish. Nice. So House of Sueño. Dot com. That's dope. Do you have a store or like a physical well, store? Well, what we do is we do farmer's markets two times, almost three times a week sometimes. And then everything's online as well. Oh, yeah. I got to order some. You know, we're big on that. I love Palo that. Santo. Yeah. 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 I was going to bless that, but I didn't know how you guys would receive it. Dude, he burns it every morning when we, we were doing our show. It come, I come in and it's like fucking sage everywhere, bro. Oh, no. Yeah. I burn sage at yeah. my crib a lot. Yeah. So we do that before the podcast when we're recording back at home. Crooked walks around and goes, let me put some good fucking energy to have a good yeah. recording. Nick knows when I come in the room, I bring a different energy with me, which is mostly yeah. negative. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like I'm like the, the Darth Vader of the two of us here. Mm-hmm. When, when did you get into this? Uh, what, what would you call this? Like spirituality or energy? Yeah. Um, because I've always been curious about crystals. Like, yeah. I don't really know. Yeah. My girl's big on that shit. I just, I just I follow her lead. Bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just got to follow the lead. Uh, I've been in the crystals longer, you know, than I, I real actually realized, but I didn't know the actual, you know, meaning of them until more, more recently. And I got into, like, frequency healing and doing uh, different modalities to shift energy and things like that. I really dove deep after the passing of my daughter in 2020. Oh, sorry. And sorry. The, the Mayan drone flute uh, tuned to 432 hertz really helped me um, clear some of that, the sorrow and, and go through the pain that I was going through. Mm. So after that, you know, we just started doing more things with sound therapy, going to sound baths and doing things. So we have sound bowls now. We have theta drums. Like I said, we have the shakers and we're, we do full moon, moon baths. So it's sound meditation, moon baths to right. help align your chakras, get you back tuned in with your natural self. So yeah, it's a big thing. That's me and my wife. That's our business now. I've, I've heard a lot of things about sound baths. Yeah. Um, I have. Do you guys know what sound baths are? No, I'm not familiar. I'm not familiar with it. They're like these huge. They can be huge, small, like, or big bowls. Bowls. Yeah. And they kind of like what do go they, around them? Go. They like rub the edges, and it yeah. creates like these sound. sound waves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you kind of just lie there and you absorb the sound, and it, you know different. Like uh, people have different reactions to it. Mm-hmm. Some people uh, end up going through like a breakthrough. Of it's some like sort. an emotional thing. Yeah, yeah. where the, the sound waves somehow break through and they, you know, they, uh, they help you release. They, yeah, they release. They help you move stagnant energy that is in all of our cells. When you think about it, we are all electric beings down to our cel- cellular mm-hmm. molecular num- um, um, value. We're all X's and O's and zeros and stuff like that. So things that are traumas that we all have through our childhood, yeah, yeah. even as adults, we go through traumas. You could be in a car accident. And you can keep that trauma stored inside of you. So what we attempt and we do do is help move some of those traumas out of your body so you can have a very extremely um, good experience with doing these things. Yeah, like you could, you're lying there, you know, uh, they're they're, um, performing the sound bath and, you know, it could just somehow trigger or like break or release stress think about getting a massage like a like a a melodic um you know frequency massage do right in your pore right in your core so we're just trying to move these things out of so some people like just have they kind of uh break down they have this like you know very emotional release yeah that Mm -hmm. they've been holding for like you know 20 30 years yeah and they're able to like just kind of release it Mm -hmm. and and you know it's 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 i i kind of I, i like it because i've 
every person that I've met that talks about it has had some type of breakthrough with it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I have yet to do it, but I have some interest because it's very fascinating to me. Well, because people like live, they, they, they fucking, they love that shit. They yeah. stand by it. Yeah. It's become a, a business of ours, you know, me and my wife. Mm. So, you know, more that I study and more I, I, I am in tune and aligned with my higher self and my being and my, what my truth is here on planet earth has always been a frequency healer provider, which started in music. When you think about the melody and the beat and the driving forces and the frequencies behind every song that we all play have Mm -hmm. played since childhood, that is actually healing people. When people come to dance have a good time, laugh, smile, create memories, you know, those songs mean something to everybody that you play them for. That's why it's so important to be selective with the things that you play for people, you know, whether it's, you know, music in the nightclub or, um, you know, a healing flute prayer, which I'm going to share with you guys before we go. Um, I would love to hear that. Yeah. This is this is us. That We're all frequency healers. I'm just trying to take it to another level. And, you know, through the transformation of my daughter's soul and spirit, I was able to find this. And I'm able to try, try to find my true voice, which is, you know, continuing to help people, whether it's DJing or providing healing frequencies. So yeah, that's amazing. Let's check it out. And that's yeah. the, we yeah. close our eyes or how does this work? You guys can close your eyes and receive it if you would like to. I, and I, let me explain exactly what this is because you guys were asking. This is an ancient... By the way, sorry I made fun of it earlier. <laughs> no, he didn't well, know. Yeah, had, Jamie, you fucking... Yeah, you, I, called asshole, him, I, I called him fucking Andre 2000 <laughs> shit. Well, I'm so funny, sorry. Funny fucking. thing, don't be sorry, it's okay, because I, I'm happy to be in alignment with Brother Andre, because Andre's flute maker is my flute maker. Ooh. Oh, wow. So this is actually the same maker who made Andre's flute that he carries around everywhere, because he's also discovered mm-hmm. his power and his, his sacred breath and what oh. he's providing. Are these kind of made custom for people? These are custom made. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely it took a, a couple months to make this one i have another one that's getting ready to be delivered Wait, so to me there's a process where the the flute maker does he like or he or she have to meet with you and kind of no, we, feel your energy out and and figure out what flute is best for you is we, we look at this as medicine this okay. is actual medicine and and the origination of this is actually um from the maya culture between 200 and 700 ad these were healing instruments that were only used for certain times in the tribe's you know history of what they were using it for so to play for a passing of a loved one to play for b- blessings for the entire tribe so it's very ceremonial and it has a lot of meaning and intent to it so he definitely explained that to me uh, when i received it mm-hmm. and that's why i have to make sure to tell everybody exactly what we're experiencing listening so we can have reverence and respect for actually what it is so when uh dmx passed you know we're on k-day here in la every friday night uh we do our classic master mix and also uh we're on two hours before that seven to nine so when dmx passed you know nick v wanted to play this Mm -hmm. for for him for dmx passing and I said, you know, I, I kind of give him some flack. I was like, you know what? We have to double check and make sure it's cool with them first. I don't want to just do it. So I called up E-Man. I said, Nick feels really compelled to do this for him. It's a special thing. It's, you know, him transitioning to the other side and all this stuff. And it mean, it has a deep meaning to him. And so he, he actually uh, said, okay, if he wants to really do it, do it. You know, so he actually played this for DMX when he passed. And for Humpty and for uh, Shock G because they passed similar, you know, very close to each other. Yeah. 
So uh, this is medicine. Like I said, when I heard it, it really brought me to tears. And so I was like, okay, that's the healing that I want. That's what healing that I need in my life. So I tracked it down and uh, shouts out to Guillermo uh, Martinez. He is my the maker for this beautiful healing instrument. This is the key of E. And like I said, 432 hertz. We have two different sides. We have the drone side, which is going to blow constant E. And then the other side is going to be the flute side. So we're going to start. And he's gotten way better from when he first started, by the way. Thank you, Eric V. (laughs) When he first started, I was like, oh, hell no. You know Lizzo, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe me and Lizzo can have a flute off very soon. Oh, yeah. That would be awesome. All right. Take a listen to the medicine. Take a deep breath in, everybody, please. There we go. Blow it out. You could think about a loved one of somebody that has passed and you have this energy that is stored within you and you want to help heal that energy. This is an opportunity for you to do that as you receive the sacred breath. Thank you. Thank you. Jesus Christ. Nick, how how do you feel about... about, Uh, Eric? Yeah, I mean, how do you feel about... Uh, um, I'm grateful he found that. Mm. You know, uh, what he went through is... For anybody to go through that is is terrible. You know, um, I don't have kids myself, but, you know, it was was a tough time. You know, I I think we we were talking, we were doing research on you guys, and you guys moved to Miami yet. Yes, yeah. at, at one point, mm-hmm. and I and I think it was you guys lost your your parents. Yeah, and in, in the same year, you lost your mother and your father in the same year, and you yeah. you left L.A. Yeah, and it was uh, a, 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 you know, you moved to Miami, mm-hmm. and we were kind of discussing maybe it was just too much history and too many memories in L.A. to stay there. No, when, it was when, it wasn't what, that. Um, you know, we were in San Francisco in two thousand one. Uh, things didn't work out with that company, uh, at that time. So we ended up coming back to LA and then another opportunity through Steve Smith, rest in peace. Of course, he always had our back. So the whole KMEL situation came through Steve Smith, our syndicated mix show, which is still running 21 years later, came through Steve Smith and the Miami situation came through Steve Smith. So, uh, our parents passed away in 2002, three months apart. Uh, our, our father passed away. He had a triple bypass surgery. I'm sorry, I'm tearing up over here. Um, uh, he had a triple bypass surgery, and um, and then my mom passed three months after that. So we didn't even, we didn't even get to mourn our mother. I didn't. I was very close to my mom, and uh, so it, it was just a blur. And so we were off. We weren't working at the time, and then the opportunity from to Miami came up, and we went out there, and you know we did great things in Miami, amazing things. Probably out of all the jobs we've had, that was the funnest job for me 
Because it was just wild. <laughs> it was just fucking crazy. Thank Two Live Crew Baker Boys. Yeah. In Miami. Yeah, it was wow. awesome. <laughs> With DJ Laz behind him. With DJ yeah. Laz. Yeah, it was cool. It was cool. It was great. We helped elevate. Wait, you guys and DJ Laz? Now oh he was already on radio He, he was on Power 96. Okay. Oh, did you guys hang out with him? Uh, yeah, we knew him. We knew Laz. We met him. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, crazy combination. Yes. I can imagine the bow parties, <laughs> yeah. oh, and everything. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we got there and we we killed it. Like we made them change morning shows at one station three times. Wow. At the time we were there, they couldn't compete it was, with us. It was a much needed change in environment, though. You think at that uh, time it was a much needed job. Yeah. Job. Yeah. yeah. We we were out of work. Mm -hmm. I I have a question because it was like it was weird. Like towards the late '90s, early 2000s. You guys were killing it in the 90s with the morning show. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you, you lost the morning show to Big Boy. Yep. Someone you guys put on. Mm -hmm. And so was that a rough time in the late 90s, like the two, early 2000s? Was it because you, you went from L.A., you went to San Francisco? Was that? We were kind of wondering what happened because I was talking to Phenom mm -hmm. and it was it was fuzzy for him. He was like, yeah, I don't yeah, know the why. The story they... has never really been told. It's never know? been told. No, there's a lot of fuzz around that time and area you know, yeah. for us. Because I was asking like, you know, they put Big Boy on. Was Is there animosity? Are they, you know, like what was going, there must have been so much shit going on at the time for someone you guys put on to take over your morning show, mm -hmm. right? Uh, I mean, it happens, unfortunately, in every business sometimes, you know. Uh, it was a tougher time for me probably than Nick. I mean, as far as the pressure of the morning show, um, when we were doing it, we didn't understand how to actually do a morning show. We were just freestyling. Everything was freestyle. We didn't have, there was no method to the madness. We didn't understand formatics. We didn't understand, you know, pre-selling, post-selling, payoff, this and that. You know, we had no directions. Like, all right, what are we doing next? All right, we're going to this. We're, we're just going to go freestyle. It's, that's, that's what it was. So it wasn't um, where we needed to be, and we weren't putting enough work and effort into it. The freestyling had worn it off, mm. and so it was affecting some of the numbers, but also the music was affecting the numbers as well. The music was the, changing. The music, yeah. it was very slow in R&B at the time. And so, you know, they're blaming us, and it was a lot to do with the music as well. Plus, there was a lull in hip-hop at that time where there was no hit records. Yeah. There was yeah. no hit records coming out. It was all R&B shit. Yeah. And so... Because that's like in the, like, it was Hill, like, 112 era? Yeah, next. probably a little bit after that. Okay, yeah. so maybe like next? Yeah. Like so, Jaheim? Yeah. Um, and so, you know, they said, oh, we're going to make a change. We're going we're gonna to move you guys to afternoons and move big in the morning and, and all that stuff. So they moved us to afternoons and everything was way easier for us. Like, it was, it was, it was like we were just number one, period. We didn't have the stress of dealing with it, waking up early. So you welcomed it, that change. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, was it also a little bit of like, uh, did you guys feel somewhat defeated that they were changing it or you were welcoming I think it? we took a hit. I think we took an emotional hit for yeah, sure. Yeah, totally. Yeah, we were still kids, you know, we yeah. were still mid-20s. Because it's hard, like, you know, like you guys said, like, you know, when you were in your teens, you tried for the radio and, you know, it ended it. It wasn't in, you know, the powers that be ended it. Yeah. You realize you had no power. Mm -hmm. So the second time when you were trying for Power 106, you had this I don't give a fuck attitude. And it worked. Yeah. And then you're like, this formula's working. Let's keep this going. Mm -hmm. And then as things changed, you know, and you guys were, wait, this formula's not working anymore. or and, and the music's changing. You didn't know how to adapt at that time because it was it was still kind of new to you guys. Yeah. Well, and we, then 
We went but, into but, that But every, I feel like every great, everyone who's great needs to go through that. Yeah. To learn and to refocus, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I was kind of wondering if that was the period for you guys. Yeah, you for know? sure. Because um, at the point in time, we were creating the Cali Kings mixtape. And we didn't want to call it the Baker Boys mixtape. And with the Cali Kings was also a record pool? It was a record, record pool. Uh, it started off at get, as Ghetto Baby Record Pool in 1994. <laughs> First of all, tell them who was all in Ghetto Baby, please. Oh, God. Because I mean, you were there. The founding DJs, uh, for rest in power, my brother Frank V, who we started it out of my... Garage. My garage in the backyard of North Hollywood. Um, the Beat Junkies. Let's start there. You know, J Rock, Mr. Chalk, wow. C Minus, Melody, E Man, right? uh, Melody, I C Ice, all the Beat Junkies. They were the founding members. And then it, we would go on to have DJ AM as a part of uh, DJ Vice. Was uh, He worked at Cali Kings with my brother Frank V. But it was first the Ghetto Babies record? Ghetto Baby ghetto record baby. pool. Ghetto, that is ghetto baby. The Ghetto Baby record pool. That sounds amazing. Yeah. I want to see the logo for. Oh, the logo was awesome. <laughs> awesome. The logo. The logo. Yeah. We logo might need to awesome. reprint a T-shirt. I might, oh man! I might need to do a road podcast ghetto baby T-shirt yes. collab with that. That would be That'd awesome. Be <laughs> yeah, the logo's okay. sick. Shouts out to Nerve One. He did the logo. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that was the founding members of the uh, the Cali Kings and Ghetto Baby, and then it was time for we were in the afternoons and we were getting ready to do a mixtape, like an actual mixtape where you know everything was paid for, licensed, and stuff like that. And we were trying to figure out if we're going to call it the Baker Boys Mixtape Volume 1. You know, Flex already had his. Clue was doing their mixtapes, and we were late to the game. We did mixtapes in, in in our childhood. Or swap meets. And swap meets. Yeah. You know, but we didn't do mixtapes as the Baker Boys at Power 106. Yeah, yeah. There was still a lot of stuff that we were not investing into when we we could have. So we wound up calling it the Cali Kings Mixtape because there was honestly an identity kind of like, you know. Conflict. Is it strong enough? The Baker Boys brand name, is it still strong enough to do something like that? Right. So we wound up going with Cali Kings Mixtape. Kind of like second guessing totally. the brand. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. After Just like thing, an, right? uh, a producer that changes the name, you know, or has a right. ghost producer name or whatever like that. Trying to get away from your own identity, per right. se. You know, and well, when you look back, do you think you're like we should have called it the Baker Boys? We should have called it the Baker Boys presents Cali, Cali Kings. Kings Volume One. That's what we should. And then done. we keep on going. Cali Kings Volume Two. Cali right, Kings right, Volume right, Four. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's it's funny how like so so let's let's talk about this time. You guys are like you guys move to the afternoons, mm -hmm. but you guys are doing well, very well. But you do, you do feel a sense of defeat and change, and you're a, a little disappointment. A disappointment. A disappointment. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And then how did this move? to you guys going to San Francisco? Uh, well, after we were doing afternoons, you know, Steve Smith left power, and we're bringing Steve Smith's name a lot because he, he had so much to do with us, and he was always looking out for us. So there was a situation where we had some producers on the air doing an interview. Soul Shock and Carlin uh, was their name. They had the biggest record out at the time. They did uh, Whitney Houston's record. What was Heartbreak. it? Heartbreak. Heartbreak Hotel. Mm. They had just did a production. They he they were working with uh, Tupac's mom. Fanny Shakur. Uh, redoing all the. That's when uh, Heaven Got a Ghetto changes. Changes. Uh, what else could uh, do for love? All that stuff came out. Mm -hmm. That became. They were big hit records. Right. Yeah. Hit records. So they remixed all his records. So we had. The biggest record produced at the time, Whitney Houston, and Tupac's, you know, working with Tupac's mom, the, these producers that were redoing his music. And we had him on the air. Um, Nick thought I cleared it through programming. He thought I cleared it. There was a miscommunication. We had our contracts to renew, and uh, we had them in our backpacks. And uh, 
the person in charge called the hotlines like, hey, can you bring the contracts back to us? There was something we forgot to put in it or whatever, right? Okay, cool. Not thinking anything. And so uh, when Steve Smith, there was kind of a conflict there as well. You know, when he left, there was, you know, there was some dissension there. Nobody was in charge. And and so um, they pulled the contracts from us. They held our contracts. And we were there for six months with no contract at will. They were like, we're going to give you an at will contract. And we're like, what does that mean? That means you work here and you're going to get paid, but you can leave whenever you want mm-hmm. or we can let you go whenever we want with no repercussions. Uh, okay, why? Oh, because you had these artists on with, and it wasn't cleared through programming. But that sounds like corporate bullshit, right? It is what it is. Right. So we were there with no contract for six months. Steve Smith was there working with us. He was a program director. Previously. He, he left. Well, he left after that, but he knew we weren't under contract. Right. So he left and went to the beat or uh, what was it called? The yeah. Beat. Yeah. It was the beat. One, uh, it was 100.3 the beat, right? No, not yet. Oh. It was still 92.3? Yeah, it was 92.3. So he left from Emmis and went to the other company, AMFM, I believe it was at the time. He knew we weren't under contract. So he's like, he called us up one day. Hey, man. You guys want a contract? Got you. Come ho- come over here. So evidently we were spotted meeting with him at the Four Seasons. Oh. And that got reported back snitch, to them. Snitch. Yeah. They got reported back to them. They pulled us into a, uh, a meeting. They were like, hey, you know, I heard you guys were meeting with Steve Smith. And we we denied it. Straight up denied it. It was like, no, nah, we weren't there. Blah, 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 blah. And so, you know, we ended up leaving. We left power at the time. We went across the street. And within six months, they fired everybody. So they brought Ed Lover and Dre to do mornings. They brought us to do afternoons. The original plan, though, was they were trying to take Big Boy and us at the same time. So he stayed. We left. Tito stayed. And then that created a dissension between us and the company, honestly, because they were mad we left. But we weren't being taken care of. Hey, nothing's changed. Same companies, similar situations where you're dancing, you're dating a girl, but you don't want to commit to her. All of a sudden, this other stud pulls up in a fucking Mustang and wants to take us out for fucking drinks. And wait a minute. Oh, now, can we go to drinks too? Like too late, motherfucker? You should have, you should have, you know, put your money on Brown. You know, so anyway, um, that's what happened kind of when, when we left. And then once that happened, after six months, we were let go. They let everybody go, fired everybody. They ended up selling the company to uh, Radio One or was it, uh, Urban, no. Urban One or whatever it was at the time. And they got they let go of everybody. And so it, uh, sound, it sounds like a mess. It, 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 it was, sounds like a lot of drama. Yeah, it was a lot of mess right there. And it sounds like no one was really knew what they were doing, right? Like they had no idea of no. what they wanted to do. That still stands at certain <laughs> radio stations. Yes, it absolutely does. After we left power, things went to shit. They had some moments. I mean, they did okay for a while. They did okay for the while, uh, for a while. Um, but anyway, um, so fast forward, and then we went to San Francisco for the year. You know, we were there for a year. It didn't work out. And then how was that in San Francisco? It was cool. Awesome. It was it was good. Nick liked it. Nick enjoyed it more than me. Uh, it was tougher for me um, personally. I was traveling back and forth every week. He was as well. Uh, back to L.A. every week. Oh wow! Um, so uh, every weekend I would come back. You know. Mm-hmm. So um, and you guys are like you're probably in your thirties now, right? Mm, yeah, around two thousand, probably. And you're yeah, like yeah. late twenties. 
Yeah, it was about 30. Because there's always a weird time when you do something in your 20s and you hit 30 and you think like, I'm old it's and over. everything's over. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. So you guys were probably thinking like, I guess this I mean, is, after you know? losing our parents, you know, that right. year and then like we didn't have a job, like what are we going to do next? Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. yeah. Um, How we, low can it go? We had the syndicated mix show that we had to continue to produce on our, cell, on our own without any help. Because we took the show when we left KMEL, we took the show with us, but we had to send it out every week by to CD. all of the affiliates by CD. So it cost a lot of money. And thank God for J Love, uh, our producer at the point in time. You know, he helped us facilitate all of that stuff. So we held on to that mix show, which we still have 21 years later. Yeah. Nice. During yes. that time, that downtime. Amazing. You had to do it. You got to keep on moving. Yeah, we, we just keep on moving. You know, things happen. Unfortunately, you know, we lost a lot of people um, our parents, our brother, his, his daughter. And, you know, we, we just, we get back up. Was, we, was that the lowest point, at, you know, at, for your career and personal life during the early 2000s when you lost your parents and you guys were like, were unemployed? Uh, for me, probably. Yeah? Yeah. That was, yeah. That was a tough time. It was and emotional. Was it, how were you, were you guys still, like, were you guys bonded together even more or did you guys feel distance yeah, between each other? Yeah, I was an asset. I would think there was definitely distance, you know, because we weren't working on a daily together anymore. You know, right. we would do the mix show and so we'd see each other when we needed to see each other. And then we're still, you know, trying to mourn or go through our own personal stuff. I had a young family with me at that point in time. They had no income coming in. It was definitely tough. You know, at one point the company had to take over, my Baker Boys, and I call the company, the Baker Boys had to take over, you know, paying for my Mm-hmm. Uh, my my monthly housing, you know, for a point in time because wow. there was no other income coming in, so we had to make sure that things were taken care of based yeah. upon our past deals that yeah. we had. So it's been tough. And then, the, what was the turning point? Just going to Miami, and getting that. I mean, having that opportunity to yeah. to go over there again. How did that happen? What uh, Steve Smith? Uh, they were wow. getting ready to flip a station. They're getting ready to flip a station. Uh, that guy's like your guardian yeah, angel. Yeah, absolutely. And we were getting ready to work with him again before he passed. Because we started our daily show, and he was going to be our consultant to help with the show and also get more stations for us. It, it's so crazy in life how you connect with certain people. Yeah. And you work with them. Yeah. And they just they believe in you. Yeah. You know, years and years, almost decades, and mm-hmm. they still believe in you. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's, you know, we just had a guest on and we were talking about, you know, no matter how old you get, you, you got to continuously prove to people that you, you know, can how, do it. No matter what you did in your resume, no matter, even no matter. If you, you know, like we had a meeting about you guys yeah and I was like, God, like, you know, me and never from New York. Yeah. We know nothing about these dudes. I don't want them to come on this show <laughs> and be like, oh, these motherfuckers don't know about us. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? And I felt like it was disrespectful a little bit because- you was, know what I mean? I didn't want you guys kind of saying like, well, you know, we did this and like you're spewing out your resume trying to yeah. prove, nah. you know, your history. Well, it's a, it's a story. You know? It's our journey. Yeah. It's our story. It's a part of it. And, and we're still teaching people about what we did and, you know, new people are learning about us. Right. You know, so we're still new to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Even though we did a lot of stuff, it don't matter. What are you doing now? Mm-hmm. What are you doing in five years from now? Yeah. How are you projecting yourself to be in the next 20 years? Yeah. Infinitely. It's like you look at D-Nice and you're like, you don't, you know, people look at D-Nice, they don't think Boogie Down Productions is D-Nice. Nice. They don't even know yeah, that. Yeah, they don't even yeah. know that. <laughs> they know him as the dude that blew up on Instagram. Yeah. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. As the DJ. O- and it's okay. Reinvention constantly. Yeah. Wow. So, it's so like, all right, so you're in Miami. How long were you guys in Miami for? Oh, we were on the air for three years. Three years. Um, we were doing great. Uh, unfortunately, Nick had an accident there 
he's lucky to be walking. Um, we were at wow. a nightclub one night. He ended up falling off a, like a second tier rail and ended up breaking his neck. And, uh, you know, so he's got pins in his neck and thank God Shit. he's, he's okay to be walking around and, and moving around. And I, I get mad at him all the time because he'll go on a vacation and he's jumping around on freaking jet skis. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> you can't be on jet skis. You can't be on horses. You got lucky once. Don't don't push the shit. You know what I mean. So he just laughs at me. I'm fine. I'm I can good. only swim in Jello now. Yeah. So anyway, uh, but we had great success in Miami. It was yeah. fun. Um, the energy was amazing. Uh, and then they, uh, the company, was looking to uh, syndicate a morning show. Uh, it was Star and Buck Wild. Star and Buck yeah. Wild. Oh, we're yeah, on in New York. Sure. Right. They got taken off because of the Aaliyah crash. The Aaliyah, yeah. uh, the skit that. about the Aaliyah crash. Crazy. Yeah. They got fired because of that backlash on that stuff. And they moved them to Connecticut for a year to set off yeah. the, the non-compete. And then they signed them to a huge deal, like a $20 million deal. And so when you give people that kind of money, you can't put them on one station. You got to put them on multiple stations. Right. Even though we were doing well. They decided to cut cost to cut costs and fire a lot of East Coast morning shows that at the time. So they got rid of us and a bunch of other stations, you know, through, throughout the company, all, all to make room for Star and Buck Wild. Yes, yeah. and that failed. Yeah. It majorly, big time, majorly. Yeah. They failed. never, they never bounced back no. after that Aaliyah no. shit. No, it failed big time, and uh, and so after that, that failed. They tried. So many morning shows. They tried Big Boy. They tried Steve Harvey. They tried Prince Prince Marky D. Nobody still outdid our numbers, and they still wouldn't bring us back. But it was crazy because, like, uh, we always would see Rob Roberts. He was like the head of programming at that the cluster. And every time I see him at conventions, he's like, "The biggest mistake we made was letting you guys go." Wow. You know, I was like, "That's cool." Give me a job, motherfucker. Like, I don't want to hear that every time. Like, like yo, I'm standing right here. Yeah. Like, <laughs> hey, we're still here and we're still doing this. So, and, and, you know, so, uh, wait, so you guys, you guys got, you guys got let go. Yep. How long were you guys out of a job for? Uh, till 2008. Then we went to San Diego briefly. Yeah, briefly it was it was a really quick like one year deal. That Man, we did. the two thousand seemed rough. It, it was oh, definitely it was rough. rough for you guys. Yeah, yeah. You guys had this golden era, like golden age of hip hop. You yep. guys were the leaders of this in the nineties, and in the two thousands was rough. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. But yeah. we're still here. You're still here, and we're still doing it at a higher level than most people on the air now. Mm. Period. Yeah. I stand on that. So, wait, was there a turning point? For you guys? Um, you know, just continuing to do what we do, not letting anything stop us. You know, continuing to grow our syndicated shows. We added more syndicated shows. And now we're adding this daily show, which is going to be, you know, the future of, of us uh, as far as, you know, um, just having that outlet out there uh, with, with terrestrial radio. And we'll be at 20 stations soon. And I foresee 30 and then 40, then 50, then 60 you know, we'll be on, and it's national. We just picked up Aruba. Aruba. We're on Aruba nice. now, uh, starting next week, every day five, <laughs> <laughs> every day five to nine in Aruba, the sound of the island, Heart 106.7. Heart 106.7, the sound of the island. Yeah. I like so, it. So you guys kept pushing after, like, in towards the 2010s, early 2010s. Mm-hmm. There's a, a different, like, obviously EDM blew up. Yeah. And hip-hop was kind of, there was this weird time where, Hip hop radio stations didn't know what to do. Nah. They started playing a little. Like should we EDM. do some EDM? Should we do this? <laughs> like you know, oh, we'll play some LMFAO. Yep. You know. Yeah. And so we created another show for that. 
Wow. Which yeah. is the pop show. You, you got to flow like water, my friend. Right. Yeah. So you guys just kept pushing no matter what. So were, were you guys just hopping cities? No. We, we Thank God we didn't have to do all that. Uh, the hopping we did was San Francisco, Los Angeles, Miami. And then San, San Diego. Diego. San Diego. But, but we don't even count San Diego. That's like a chapter in the book you rip out. <laughs> <laughs> like, really? <laughs> yeah. Terrible company. Yeah. Oh, shit. Terrible company. And then what, you, did you guys head back to L.A.? Uh, yeah, that. I moved back to L.A. after that. I went uh, back to Florida. And Nick went back to Florida till 2012 and came back. And then... Oh, then so you guys were split we up. Separated. Yeah. 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 We, we were doing our syndicated show separate. So I would do, do my mixes. He would do his mixes. I'd send my vocals to him. Then put the show together because he had his own microphone at home why, well why was that why why'd you I had family in oh, you florida guys, yeah my daughters florida. were still in high school yeah and my wife at the time did not want to pull him out of the high school got it so we stood there and toughed it out mm -hmm. and yeah. did you and uh and you you were cool with that eric i mean i have no choice it's right that's his his family he's got to be with and his you family. made it work yeah we made it work we there's, there's always a way to make it work we figure it out there's, there's never like we there's something that comes up. We're like, okay, we can't do that. Let's do this. Let's try this. Let's try that. Not you only know? are we Mexicans, we're Texicans. Yeah, Texicans. Yeah, exactly. Can make it happen. Yeah, tech savvy. Nice. It's it's funny. Like, you when you're going through life, it goes through years, years, years. And as you're looking back, it's like decades, mm -hmm. right? You're looking back at it. So after this is now 20 years into this, into your 30 year game, how has it changed in the 2010s? You move back to L.A. Yeah. Right. Yep. You guys are in L.A. together. It was an uphill battle to, to get back to radio. Mm -hmm. To get back. Uh, I, I've had a, a, a hate, love-hate relationship. Mostly hate. Mostly hate. <laughs> well, because I see the writing on the wall. I see way before that the shit was going to hit the fan. I'm like, bro, what year did I tell you? We need to start broadcasting live and doing streaming yeah. and having guests. And do it. What year? Uh, 2010, 2011, 2012. 11 or 12, probably. I was still in Miami, and when I got back to L.A., I hit the ground running. I'm like, I'm going live. I'm going to broadcast live, and I'm going to have Lupe Fiasco on. La, la, la. I'm just going to go for it. So we brought the equipment and the stuff like that, and we did amazing. It was just me. He refused yeah. to come. I, I wasn't ready to do it at that time. I was not ready to do it. I didn't like being on camera. I didn't like. I didn't want to do it. I wasn't comfortable doing it whatsoever. Um, it was a. It was a personal thing for me, and I wasn't comfortable. So you want to be behind the scenes. Yeah, I wanted to be. You want to be scenes. the mix. You want to yeah. be on the mix. Yeah. Um, and so Nick did it on his own. And you know, looking back, then Nick was saying how many viewers that they had back in the day. One hundred ninety thousand. Yeah. Wow. For a Lupe Fiasco. Lupe Fiasco live stream. This is 2012. What, what, what was the website that was on? Justin TV, probably. Was it Ustream? It was, no. bef it was before Justin Twitch. TV turned into Twitch. Yeah, Justin oh, TV wow. turned into Twitch, yes. And uh, Tony G helped with the stream, Tony I believe, G right? Tony G helped with the stream. Helped so, Tony and Julio, or just wow. Tony Tony and Frank V, Cali Kings. We did it at Cali Kings, where we broadcast from now. Still. So I was telling my brother then, yeah. we need to broadcast from here. We have a space. Let's do it. Cameras, live stream. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Nick V has always pushed the envelope when it comes to just going. So, so my thing was like, fuck radio. Radio is not doing it for us like we like it used to do for us. We're not. We don't have a full time job. We have a syndicated show, but we can create our own shit. Yeah. We don't need radio. They need us. We are content kings, content providers. Right. This is what we do. Let's do it. Let's YouTube it. Let's do it. And imagine once again. You know, we misstepped on not having all of that content and all that stuff uh, created and filed and uploaded and stuff like that. So Archived and all that. It stuff. It took so. a long time to get him to to say, okay, let's go. Let's do it live. So, so probably the, 2018. So you guys, 
you you started the stream, but it just didn't continue. Did it just? Fade I didn't out? have. I had I had no support to do it. Right. Continue yeah. to do it. It was just me, you know, and my brother. And then I would call. Have to call in Tony G to come in from Almani or whatever. And it was just a big thing. I had no support. It was just me trying to do it. That yeah, was, so, that, so, that would have been the perfect time to start something. Hundred you know, percent for the stream. Hundred percent. Ten years from now, you guys would have been owning yeah. all your content. That yeah. pandemic would have been easy. Oof. Oh, totally. Yep. It's interesting. Oh, that's hard to yeah, so that, think about. That, that was my fault. <laughs> was, I've been trying to get out of radio since then. I'm, I'm like, yeah. yo, radio is the last thing, bro. The last shit. Now look at us. But it's also like you, you want to be in a place that values you, right? Yeah, you don't wanna, always. You don't want to always continue like begging to have a place for yourself. That's some kid Especially shit. after, you know, all you guys have built together. So it's like you want to go to somewhere that values you. If, if, and if you feel like nowhere values you, then you have to... Create your own value. Create your right. own you, platform, You right? create yeah. your own kingdom. It's brick by brick. It's not going to be. It's not going to look the same as Power 106 or 103.5 The Beat. It took them a long time to figure out that we don't need all that equipment no more, right. bro. Yeah. We are the stars. We are the energy. And we use the technology to our advantage. Bottom line, it doesn't matter if we're in a fucking garage. You go off. Yeah, that was a, that was a thing with me. Like, I always wanted the studio experience. I wanted a real radio studio right. with a board and the the microphones and the on air light. I wanted that still, but we couldn't do it at that time. We didn't have the financial means to do it, and so he just said, "Fuck it, I'm going to do it with what I got." You know, me knowing now what I don't, what I didn't know, people don't care what you're on. They don't care. They don't care what it looks like. They don't care that you have a shitty camera or your microphone sounds like shit or your headphones halfway hanging off your head. They don't care. Nobody cares but you, and that was my issue. Did you guys ever consider uh, satellite radio? Uh, yeah, but they ain't, they ain't paying no money. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> they, ain't pay, they ain't paying no money, bro. I look at the shows that are on there now, and I'm like, yo, like I don't. They, they, that's a lane. Uh, obviously, it's more, I guess, terrestrial like to me it's more about quantity than quality with satellite radio with some channels yeah you know there's some people that shouldn't be on on the radio satellite or terrestrial without shit on anybody i look at satellite radio and i'm like y'all y'all could easily kill that when I yeah look at certain guys that are doing it and i'm like why are they doing it yeah you know what i mean <laughs> absolutely so then you guys just kept pushing for radio and, and syndication yeah, that's that's the lane we we've been, and then now we started doing. You know, we're on Twitch, obviously. Right. Uh, I've seen you. I follow you guys on. Twitch. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. 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 So we broadcast our daily show on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, so you can see behind the scenes of uh, the radio show. You know, and you see the mess ups. You see us fighting about what we're talking about, or him giving me a side eye about me messing up a word or whatever. <laughs> but it's us. You're literally in the room seeing how it's actually done. Mm -hmm. so and you, in the back screen we put the back screen so they can see Ableton, Ableton live so they can see all the edits yeah, and stuff we put Ableton wow. behind us and I had to learn that the techni technical part I had to learn how to stream what kind of equipment to buy what right. kind of camera to buy <laughs> I did all the we research we all had to do that yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did all the fucking headache I know? did all the research yeah. that you know uh, Nick, the, Nick don't he don't I, he don't even care about like how to do it you know he don't he, he's like you do that I'm going to do that. We have our, our lanes and yeah. things that we provide for the show. You know, yeah, everybody yeah. has to take responsibility for certain things. And mm -hmm. so Eric V had... 
the honor, the, I mean, not the honor, was the wrong word, but <laughs> he had the opportunity to take on some new responsibilities that he's never had before in his right. life. Yeah. It's a nice way of saying it. Yeah. You're welcome. So, you hear that tr dump truck? Boo, 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 boo. And and on you. Everybody Bro. just got hit by it, that truck. It was not easy. You know, sometimes you have to guide people into what they need to do. And so in 2016, I had a breakthrough. And that breakthrough was like, I'm no longer going to be doing heavy lifting with you on, on the back. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to step up and do some of the shit that I'm no longer doing. So it was tough. It was tough. But it, 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 look at him now. Oh, yeah. Look at him now. <laughs> Bum boys, right? Uh, <laughs> on hinge. Fuck. I love it. I love it. <laughs> and this is what he does on a daily basis. Uh, it, so you love it. Sweep the leg. It, it, it would. It would be. It would be a, a different um, conversation and a different attitude if he wasn't here or I was not here. Yeah. Because one Baker boy is not the Baker boys. No, you know it's we're not. we're we're like a tag team duo. We do it together. We both have our amazing qualities individually, but when we come together, it's magic on the field. Hundred percent. I, 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 you know, hearing you guys and seeing how you guys like interact and, you know, fuck with each other, talk shit and, you know, hearing what you guys been through. I really see the love you guys have for each other. Yeah. You know, like, you know, when to, you know, you when your energy's up, his energy's, you know, he, you balance each other out. Very well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, yin and yang here. Yin and yang. Yeah. And it's 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 beautiful to, to see that you guys are still together. You know the two brothers blessing. after thirty it's inspiring. years. Inspiring. Yeah, that, yeah, I was gonna ask that. I'm like, how did you guys just stay together? I mean, I fight with my brother all the time. <laughs> and I'm like, y'all oh, seem me. like shh, just. Yeah, we've had our fights. Uh, we've definitely had our fights. There's been times where I frustrate the shit out of him more than probably more so me than him because I'm I'm hard headed, mm -hmm. uh, and I take a long time to get to do things. So, like for instance, the live stream he was doing with Lupe Fiasco back in the day, I don't want to be a part of it because I was I didn't want to be on camera. And now that I've gotten over that issue, mm -hmm. um, then we've, you know, we've continued to grow now. And then now I'm just way more open to things that I wouldn't be open to before. It took me a long time. And that's the same thing with the radio thing. Like I didn't, I didn't get comfortable with my voice till 2001, but I was on the air since 88. Yeah. <laughs> I've been on the radio since 88 and I didn't co get comfortable till 2001. Damn, that's longer than I've been alive. 13 years. So it took me that long. Shit. And then from that point, you know, the, the live stream, what year was that, Nick, you were saying? The Lupe Fasco? 2012. So 2012. So it looks like it's every 10 years I get comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> you have a breakthrough every time. Yeah. Every 10. It takes me a little while, guys. I'm sorry. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm a little quicker with my breakthroughs. Yeah. But I'm, yeah, yeah. But I'm also... Um, I, I, I have to see a therapist to, in order to do certain things in my life. After my daughter, I was like, man, how am I going to continue to maintain mm -hmm. and keep my cool in every situation without just bursting into tears? Yeah. And then for a long time, I was like, I'm not DJing. Don't ask me to live stream. I, I'm not doing Twitch. Yeah. None of that stuff. I'm not at I'm that, my heart is not there. Yeah, yeah. I can't put that energy into that shit because I'm depleted. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. I, and I understood that and I respect that. And I, I never asked him. I never asked him once. When I said when he's ready, he'll he'll come, and then he did. When was that? Uh, it was probably a year or so after, a year, a year, a year and a half. What year was that? Um, Last year, yeah, twenty twenty was my daughter died, so twenty twenty one. Yeah, yeah, but he was streaming on Twitch and he was doing special things. And yeah, stuff I like took that. it upon myself to. I was like, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta grab it now and continue to push the envelope for us. You gotta step up. Yes, I had to step up. You know, for us to continue to grow. 
our 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 Twitch channel and and continue to grow that audio, the video part, the visual part. Did that inspire you seeing him step up like that? Yeah, yeah, it made me very proud. Yeah. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, I can't get from him not wanting to do it now. You got to do it by yourself. I have to do it now. Like I stream by myself all the time now. You know, I'm not. I don't care. It's like. When I was, I had a fear of roller coasters in my in my life. You know, I didn't. I was scared to death of them. Mm-hmm. And I had went through a breakup. And one time, I was at Magic Mountain, and I was like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm gonna ride a roller coaster. Yeah. I'm gonna jump on and just go. Which one was it? Viper. Oh fuck. Ooh. <laughs> it was Viper. That was vicious. That, that was vicious. That was like legs first, dangling. That was my yeah. first roller coaster. <laughs> Is that one of the worst ones? Though? Yeah, Viper was uh, a was a beast. And it, that and Goliath, like yeah. those two were fucking. And out. so after I rode Viper, I rode every ride on the park in the park. It's just getting over that fear. It's the same thing with the dating app for me. I wouldn't join a dating app. I fought it. I fought it. I fought it. So I joined one. Somebody helped me join it, and I was like, oh, let me try this other one now. That, once it's done. Once I get through that, I'm yeah. like, fuck it. Yeah. You know? So. I was like that with flying. I was like, no, no, no. And then now I'm like fucking flying all over the place. Yeah, see? <laughs> yeah. So this this new reunion with you guys in the 2020s, it's it's kind of, it's still fresh, right? A little bit? Yeah, because there's always developments going on. We right. always have to continue to develop and, and create new things. We have to be creative. So there's always something, a, fre- a level of freshness to what we're doing. Right. Right now is The Daily Show. Right now, for me, it's you know healing frequencies, you know a new business and your candle, your business. Like hit my business, my candle business. Yes, I love this. I love this new. uh, I love this. It's like a, I don't know. It's like a new 2020 Baker Boys. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited to see what you guys do. The crazy, the crazy thing is like like I said back in the days when we were on power, we didn't. There was no method to the madness. We actually know what we're doing now. That's that's there is a method to it now. We understand it. We understand formatics. What we're doing, what we're selling, how we're selling it, how to tease a story coming up, you know, how to pay it off. We get it now, you know, and hopefully we can help terrestrial radio get it because all you needed to go do is go in cycles and we're still here. And hopefully there's a space for terrestrial radio for certain people that remember radio because new generations don't even know what the fuck a radio station is or their favorite morning show. What is that? No, but all the stations that are doing uh, well ratings wise are older demoed stations. Yeah, mm-hmm. so That's the, we are. the music, um, the energy, they still believe in terrestrial radio. They still have, they still use their presets and all that stuff, so like that. So I feel like um, we provide something for them uh, that's nostalgic, per se. They remember us because there's a lot of you know implants in different cities, from Vegas to Phoenix to whatever that used to live in L.A. and grew up hearing us. Yeah, and then you're the best to do it. You guys, yeah. and you guys know. You know, it's funny. I, I spoke with uh, Melo D. Mm-hmm. Yes, and they, you know, he. We were talking about the B Junkies. Yeah, and the B Junkies. I think you know, they saw themselves as this DJ scratch crew. You mm-hmm. know, turn to table as crew, and it wasn't until they had. You know, they kind of broke apart, and it, it, it fizzled out. And then in the early 2010s. They had like a reunion. What was it like a twenty year anniversary or something? Yeah, it was a twenty year. But and they didn't realize how strong the brand was. Right. Still, yeah. Still, in in you know twenty years later after that reunion, and then they started the school monetizing it. They're like, oh, well, let's do the school. Let's do you know the yeah. pool website and, like, and the website merch. and everything. And they just the merch a podcast. Yeah. And they're, they you got know, a beer now. They got a, their own beer. Their IPA own stuff. You know, yeah. and yeah, and my thing is like, I I love that. You know, there's a perspective and an appreciation for the brand. And 
because you can't recreate shit. You know, it's like when, when it's happening, you think like it's so easy and like effortless. It's got to be this way with anybody. I can work with anybody and get this kind of magic. Yeah, no. And I love that 20 years later, they're like, we still got this magic, even though we don't appreciate it. But it's like the world is giving us a second, third chance. The flowers. Right? To kind of monetize it now and still yeah. sell it or like provide it to everybody. Yeah. And it has a value. Yeah, capitalize on the brand name and what yeah. you built. You know? But there's a value to it. And I love it that 30 years later, through everything you guys have been through, the ups and downs and lefts and rights, you know, there's you guys are still together and you guys you guys still look pumped and excited about <laughs> yeah. about the future. I love it. It's inspiring, you yeah. know? Awesome. Glad it's like you guys an energy are... that like some big's coming or like some big yeah. about to happen. Yeah, I love <laughs> it. Totally. Yeah, 100%. yeah, we're excited where it's going. You know, we're building, like there's, I said, block by block. Yeah, there's a couple opportunities out there that we're looking into right now that's going to expand us even more with our syndication. And so uh, I'm looking forward to that. I'm excited about that opportunity. I'm excited about the growth of our weekday show. Um, the ratings that we've been getting back from our affiliates have been great. Um, the numbers are going up. And as they say, the numbers don't lie. Yeah, You know, the numbers are there. It's we, We're proving that what we're doing is working and uh, the, our, our, our idea of what the show is, is working and they're very happy with it. All of our affiliates are happy with the content, the energy that we bring, the way our station sounds when they're, when we're on it. And that's, that's the magic. You know what I mean? That's the magic. So, change the energy, change yep. the molecules, make somebody smile, give them something to be happy about. Say something positive to yourself, to each other, to people out there. We do something called mouth love on Fridays. It's basically I. It's affirmations. Mouth love. Mouth, Mouth love. Yes. Everybody takes a deep breath in. Everybody yeah. says, "Repeat after me." Hey, let's do some mouth love before we get out. Yeah, of I was here, gonna guys. say, can we do some mouth let's love? Do some yeah. mouth. <laughs> hey, pause. Yeah. yeah, I was just. I seen. It just seems like the right thing to do to send this off. Hey, All right, everybody take a deep. Everybody take a deep wait, breath wait, in. Wait, 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 wait. wait are you what just, are we doing? Are you cutting now? the show off? I guess Nick B's cutting the show off. I I'm guess not, we're no, done. I'm just saying. Before we do, before they say goodbye, let's do at least some mouth. Before love. we leave, so when we're ready to leave, tell us we're ready to leave, and then we're gonna do mouth love. Wait, wait, wait. I'm still thrown off about mouth love. Yeah. It's a should, play on words. You, you should okay. not be. Okay. okay. Play on words. Yeah. You think, know what it is. Broad in your mind here. Yeah. No, no, it's broad. I, I've yeah. got a lot of things going in my mind. Yeah. Well, nobody's on their knees, so you're okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. D-Bounce, get up. If, if you've you seen somebody said, let's do some mouth love, and they're on their knees, yeah, then yeah. you got a problem. Okay. okay. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not, I'm not mouth loving anybody. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, right. we're bringing the energy. You know, we have something called Dummy of the Day. Where we picked dummy uh, dumb stories, dumb stories from all over the people world. doing dumb shit. Uh, what the f news is just outrageous stuff that you cannot believe this motherfucker just did that. Yeah, uh, the Baker buzz this is all the celebrity stuff, and somebody just bought this, and somebody just bought this for that. That's that's that. And the mouth love is on Friday. It's one of our final things that we do to end the week off to make mm -hmm. sure that our audience knows that you know they are powerful, all powerful with their thoughts and their words, especially when you say words to yourself. So yeah. we try to leave everybody with that positivity and come on back on Monday, it's gonna be more. So wait, what, what's mouth love? <laughs> like, <laughs> give me an example of mouth love. Well, he's gonna do one with okay. yeah. Oh, you're gonna do one. Before we, we leave. Before we leave. So you tell okay. us when we're, when we're done and then before we leave. I think we're good. <laughs> I think we good. Is there anything else you guys wanna address or um, talk about? Follow our social medias, at uh, The Baker Boys, uh, twitch.tv forward slash The Baker Boys. We got YouTube, uh, Twitter, TikTok. Everything's at the Baker Boys. So B A K A B O Y Z. The. Baker that. Boys. Yeah. T H E. 
Wow. Yep. All right. So, like, let's do some mouth love. Yeah. Yes. All right, Nick B. So, we're gonna, I'm going to do the break like we're on our show. Okay. You guys are going to follow us. Yes. So, yes, just sir. listen in. Okay. Okay. All right. It's the Baker Boys right here. It is time to get into the weekend, of course. Nick V. Yes. It's that time. Of course. Mouth love time. Let's go. Everybody take a deep breath in, please. Here we go. Blow it out. Everybody take one more deep breath of prana. Can you feel the change in the molecules in your body, in your heart, in your system, in your, your, your spirit? Ladies and gentlemen, this is mouth love. This is positivity. Positive words from my mouth to your heart. Take this all weekend long. Cloak yourself with this positivity. Everybody, please repeat after me. I am awesome. I am awesome. I am abundant. I am abundant. I am strong. I am strong. Life is amazing. Life is amazing. You, my friends, are in mouth love. <laughs> Thank you for the motherfucking Baker boys in the building. <laughs> Yo, can I just tell you guys, it's a real honor and like a pleasure to have Man, you, you didn't know here. shit about us before you <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm from the East Coast. But, I don't you know, know you motherfuckers. But thanks for explaining that. <laughs> no, no, no. It's it's really an honor, though. I felt it's that, a, look, I don't I don't feel the pressure of having guests on the show. Oh, no, he was stressing bullets. I was <laughs> stressing. He was like, uh, I don't I know. I was like asking them to call every uh, like LA, California radio person. People, I'm man. like, we need more info. We need more Mega we Man. I called, oh, kid. my God. Oh, Mega Man. Yeah, yeah. that's the homie. I called uh, K-Sly. Oh, okay. Damn. She's a good friend of mine. Yeah. That's what's up. I hit up Disco Drew. Disco Drew. Nudia. Yeah. Man, I was on like, you guys. We were, we were like stressing. Yeah, we man. have in a good way. Mate. We're like, come on, write this down. <laughs> but, but can I, I speak for everyone here? I just want to say thank you for everything you guys have done for, for hip hop. Sure. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, what you guys have done for hip hop, what you guys have done for DJs, and what you guys have done for your city. Yes. You know, um, I, I, I thank you guys. You're welcome. I think we all thank you guys. Thank you so much. Yeah. And, I, and we can't wait to see. More of you guys. What's and then next? You get what's next? Thank you. As, as soon as Jay Z clears up my name, we're gonna be, <laughs> <laughs> gonna be fine. Oh, All right, Baker boys, oh guys. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate you guys. Thank you for having us. No, no, no doubt. For sure. Of course. Thank now, you. Now I can go eat. Time for the street. Thanks for tuning into the Road Podcast. Don't forget, every Wednesday we have new episodes on all major streaming platforms, and every Thursday the video versions go up on our YouTube page. Please subscribe to our channel, YouTube.com/RoadPodcast, and to find exclusive clips of the pod, please visit YouTube.com/DJCity. And we'll see you next Wednesday.